Captain's Log, Stardate 75886.2. I'm Captain Britton. And I'm Captain Spencer. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission... To explore new Trek episodes. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And, and to, to boldly go, go where no come has gone indoors! did it we did the intro i didn't get us we, okay. we still have more of the intro <laughs> oh right no uh, uh welcome to the bridge this is soy trek the show where two trekkies ask themselves on a weekly basis should we be exposing children to star trek <laughs> today we'll be discussing strange new worlds season one episode five spock amuck and star trek the next generation season four episode six legacy, legacy. But before all that, let's check in on what is new in the world of Star Trek. We got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news for you. What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do? Oh, not, not too much going on in Trek news this week. Not so too we'll... much, but there's some stuff. Yeah, we'll follow up with some stuff, some uh, some stuff that, uh, you know, wasn't widely reported a while ago and stuff like that. Um, so according to an article in Geek Tyrant, uh-huh. um, uh, there was a scrapped Star Trek Nemesis sequel that would have been a Justice League of Star Trek. Explain to me what you mean by Justice so, League of Star Trek. So in an interview with Brent Spiner, um, he uh, said that... Um, Basically, right after Nemesis happened, Paramount was mm-hmm. like, hey, uh, we want another sequel. And so he teamed up with a guy named John Logan, uh, the guy who wrote Gladiator. Okay. Uh, as this well was, as like Skyfall. This, this would was, have been pre-Gladiator. Uh, yeah. Nemesis actually, was 98, right? Uh, so actually, um, no, not, Nemesis was 2002. Gladiator was 2001. Right. So oh, this was okay. actually sorry, sorry, after sorry. this guy was a huge I'm thinking of First Contact. What yeah, yeah, sorry, definitely, dumb, definitely. Dumb. No worries, no worries. Um, so yeah, um, uh, according to Spiner, one of the ideas that John Logan and I had about the next film would have been a Justice League of Star Trek. Something would bring all of the great Trek villains together from Khan to Shizan, and Picard is the only person who could stop them, and he actually has to go through time and pluck out the people he needs to help them. He goes uh-huh. back to the moment before Data shows up and takes him back to get Kirk and Spock and, ev- and go even further back to get Scott Bakula's character Archer. Oh, the, yeah. The, the problem with that more than anything is cost. How would you pay for that? So I actually think this is an okay idea, even though I'm not I mean, huge on, okay. on time so travel. You, you're, okay, you're, you're mean, not. Well, hold on. I got uh, something here. And more, more than anything, this is a Bill and Ted's excellent adventure of Trek. Well, it is that, but also, like, you're not super hip with the current Marvel stuff, but they did this in the most recent Avengers film. So okay. Avengers Endgame is exactly that. Oh, they have basically. to go back through time to mm-hmm. to like pull up. Well, they so the reason they're going back in time, they're getting items. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have to go back in time M- to mother, mo- mother boxes. 
Uh, no, 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 no. That's uh, I know. I we're know. We're not gonna. We're not getting into mother boxes here, Britt. Oh, I'm gonna get into a mother box later, baby. <laughs> Milf City, Star Trek, Milf. <laughs> oh, that that's the new series coming. The yes. Rangers, Star Trek Rangers series. That's uh, well, Star Trek Milf. anything with uh, Philippia Georgiou is definitely gonna be a Star Trek Milf. Oh, series. that one, that one too. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, Star Star Trek Picard season two was Star Trek Milf. So okay, like, come so, on. Yeah, it was. It was. But okay, so like the idea of of like going back in time to pull out legacy characters, you know, fan favorites to do a mission. This is the thing that's been done in a lot of different media. It's a thing mm-hmm. that's done in comic books a fucking lot. Like I said, it was done in the most recent Avengers film. Mm-hmm. Also, like you said, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, same sort of deal. Yeah. Um. We, but you know what? You're right. It is fun. Like yeah. it is fun. Like when it's pulled off well, it's pretty fun. Like I'm not. I wasn't huge on Endgame, but like. That part of it was fun. Like they Fair. did have fun with Fair. it. And yeah, I, I think they could do something kind of fun with that. And we gotta rewatch all the Trek films. Yeah. Maybe do special episodes or something. Because they're all, all right. they're I mean, they're not all good. In fact, a lot of them are dog shit, but uh-huh. I, I'm looking forward to the dog shit ones. Yeah, me to, too. Me too. Just to roast them, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's uh it's it's fun to consume bad media. Yeah. Yeah. Um speaking of bad media, I've actually got a Trek news story today. Yeah, yeah what'd you go? Um so Anson Mount. Mm-hmm. Big on Instagram. Fucking of of course he is. He's he's big in a lot of my thoughts. When fellow I'm alone. fellow podcaster. Yes. Anson Mount. Yeah. Um, we got to get him on. Got to get him on. Mm-hmm. Um, so he okay. So have you have you been watching um Star Trek Obi One? I have. Was it called Star Trek Obi One Kenobi? I think is that it's what it's o- called? Obi One. I'm not sure. It might be Kenobi. I'm not sure. I watched I'm, the first sure. two episodes. Yeah, I watched I the first two as well. I haven't yeah. watched the one that's coming out today. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I watched the first so, two. I thought it was pretty good. Some of the writing was, eh. I, I'm not as stoked about it as like the Mandalorian. Like the Mandalorian started a lot stronger. Right? Yeah. So I, I feel similarly to you. I think some of the writing's kind of cringe, but overall, like I liked it. I thought this first two episodes yeah, were fine. Yeah. Um. So apparently, now I'm not plugged into Star Wars fandom in the same way I'm plugged into Trek fandom because mm-hmm. I don't care. Star Wars is a, mostly a steaming pile of shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But. You know, if Star if Star Wars doesn't if a Star Wars property doesn't make me hate it, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Sure, you know what I mean. And so that's why I'm okay with Obi Wan. But that being said, apparently within the Star Wars fandom, believe me, I'm getting to something here. I know. Okay. Um, apparently in the Star Wars fandom, a lot of dorks are extremely Whoa, upset. Wait, there's dorks that like Star Wars? <laughs> believe it or not, Britt, there are dorks that like Star Trek. No, I know. Spencer, can you fucking believe it? Spencer, how dare you on a Star Trek podcast? Uh-huh. Next, you're gonna say that there's some dorks that like podcasts. No, no, that can't possibly be the case. Okay. So, anyway, some dorks um are really mad about a certain character in the new Star uh, Star Wars Obi Wan series. Okay. Um, it's the uh, Inquisitor lady. I don't remember her name. She's yeah, the yeah. one without a mask. She's like oh yeah, the, looking one. The, the black lady. Black lady. Yeah, she's super cool. Yeah, she's like one of my favorite characters on there. So. Uh, she's she's mean. She, she's badass. I like dude. how mean. She, she yeah, is. she's a bitch, and she's, she's just like she's mean. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm a bitch, and I'm like, yeah. do your own thing. You yeah. go, girl. You get it. Yeah. Well, apparently, a lot of Star Wars fans are really mad at that character. They really don't like that character. I don't know. The, the, I this is all third hand information. Anyways, apparently that's the case. So Anson Mount posted to Instagram Captain Pike in Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. Posted to Instagram a picture of that uh, the actress that plays that character on yep. uh, on Star Wars, and he posted a, a a big long post about how like she's awesome and she's doing great work in the new Star Trek series. Okay. Or I sorry, new, new Star yeah, yeah. Wars series. I, I did hear And that. that she's awesome. And like, you know, 
she's great and she's awesome and I support it and y'all should support it. Real fans support it. Whatever. Um, yeah. So kind of kind of interesting. Um, interesting that that happened. That's cool. Uh, Star Starfleet captain Captain Pike going to bat for. Yeah. Another person in a rival series. Uh, the thing about it that I think is is interesting though is just that like the the fan base is so mad about it, and then there's like there's this weird thing with social media these days where it's like somebody gets mad, and then there's like reactionary stuff to that, and then the reactions. I'm sorry, the reactions to the reactionary stuff is where it gets like super cringe. I feel like, oh um, yeah, and like I've been watching that like kind of blowback happen and there's been a, like a whole bunch of random weird nonsense there but like anyways it seems like a lot of the people that are uh mad at this new character are seems like they're pretty racist it seems like it's coming from a racist place i don't know i haven't looked too much into it but that seems to be the sentiment honestly i'm gonna guess it's probably way more misogyny Oh, yeah. Like, misogyny runs so much deeper in all of our systems and, like, mm. with just, like, males in general. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. deeply ingrained misogynistic things in our society that we just never even think about. And when we do actively think about, we're like, wait, that's fucked up. Yeah, And like, I mean, because, like, if it was a black man, they probably would have no problem. Because, like, I mean, mm. most, most Star Wars fans really liked uh, fucking Boyega. And wanted to see a lot more of him, and they kind of cut him out of the, right. the last two films, and they were kind of mad yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. But you know, and but there was the contingent that was like, "Oh, why'd you have to make it political?" Because they believe that um, mm. anybody but a, a, a white cis straight male existing is somehow a political act. Oh yeah, I'm like, well, oh, we'll get to that in subspace uh, transmissions. No, oh, oh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, sub, anyways, subspace trans rights. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah but, like I thought it was uh I thought it's interesting to see this sort of stuff. It was interesting to see like a major person uh weigh in with a take like that. So. Yeah. That's that's cool. Uh, but I mean, Anson Mount seems on. like a good dude. Like he does. nobody seems to have a problem with that guy. Yeah, like, no. Even people that hate strange right? new worlds are like, but Anson Mount's okay. Because everyone wants to fuck him. Like that's the thing, <laughs> is like if you've got a lot of charisma and you're intensely fuckable, mm-hmm. you're golden. Especially if especially if you're a white male. Mm. Especially. Like in his hair, goddamn! Like some people really mad about the hair, as we talked about. You know, yeah. Who cares? Like, <laughs> fucking, who cares? F- fucking in the third season of um, TOS, apparently, fucking uh, um, Shatner wears a wig most of the time. So, yeah. like, wh- who are they mad about that too? You think? Oh, I-, I bet they're super pissed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving yeah. on with Trek news. Um, Hashtag justice for Kirk's wig. Mm-hmm. Um. So at the end of July, Star Trek Deep Space Nine will finally be leaving the final streaming service it's licensed on, which is Netflix. Netflix, yeah. yeah. And uh, which will mean that in the United States, at least, uh, the only place to watch Star Trek is going to be Paramount Plus. Oh my God, Paramount Plus fucking! It's sucks, such a dude. dog shit app. It's a dog shit service. Like, oh. here's the thing. Okay, let me let me let me lay out my opinions on Paramount Plus real mm. quick here. So. Firstly, the streaming quality when it works is very good. It's like, very good. It, it is. It is very a, good. It is above average. Star in terms Trek: of Strange New Worlds looks amazing. Well, on your you've TV. also been watching it on my in- yeah. incredibly fancy TV. So yes, um, but it looks fucking amazing. Right? I mean, it, it even looks, looks really good nice. on my 1080p monitor. That's yeah. like, I mean, like 32 inches. It looks yeah. great on there. So. Yeah, I mean, so like the streaming quality when it works, very good. Mm-hmm. 
that being said, though, like I have so many problems with it. So let me tell you what happened today. So today yep. I decided to watch the the episodes that we're going to talk about on mm-hmm. my computer while I like took notes with a keyboard, you know, because it's easier than typing with my thumb. Much, thumbs. much, much easier. And uh, my problem with the with I've never I'd never used the service on a on a web browser before, mm-hmm. and it worked, but like it would like. Okay, so you know how when you're watching stuff in a web browser, generally the shortcut to pause and play will be the space, space bar. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's not what the space bar does in, in Paramount+. Plus. Do you want to guess what the space bar does? Uh, close? No, it, it, ina- it, it opens or closes full screen. Oh, that's annoying. Dude, do you know how many times I tried to pause the episode and randomly enabled or disabled full screen no that sounds terrible. so many fucking times right, right. it was so irritating i was getting really mad mm-hmm. um and then when i was wa- oh at one point randomly during the episode like this wasn't related to the player pause thing it was just like randomly during the episode my my subtitles changed to french and then when but it was still selected as english so then i turned them off and turned them back on but the subtitles never came back on it just went in card mode yes yes uh subtitles never came back on and then when i was watching the tng episode that we talked about uh, the subtitles were like maybe was a pretty significant maybe like a minute back, mm-hmm. like they were not aligned correctly. They were like a minute off. Yikes! Uh, and I, I restarted the the page and everything, and it was still like that. So I, I don't know what's going on. But Wild. their service should be better for what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, especially the, for the, what they charge. And like, like the app on. that the the app for my TV crashes randomly. You've seen? Oh that. yeah, yeah, it just no, fucking it just, crashes. It just like the screen goes black. Uh huh. And... And then we have to like back up. It's it's silly. Sometimes it crashes the app. Sometimes it doesn't. But like the screen will just randomly go black. And it's not my TV. I have a very nice TV. It's definitely the app. It sucks. Um. So the, that that's a shame. We yep. we hate to see that mm-hmm. leave some. Uh. I'm not gonna say Netflix is a better service. They're no. twice the price with. I mean, I've got a private server you know. with everything like in pretty much the maximum quality. Yeah, that we ripped so. from the copies of the DVD that we own. Absolutely, especially the new episodes. I am yeah. uh, ripping them directly from the uh, the DVD that they're releasing on release day every day. Correct. Yeah. The Blu-ray, actually. Yeah. Well, it's what we do. It's we actually do. an HD DVD. They're the only. Oh yeah, nice. They're the only one still keeping uses. it in, uh, keeping it going. Really, around. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really awesome. We All right, that. moving on in yeah. Star Trek news. Uh, finally, in Star Trek news, uh, Lavar Burton believes the fix was in. On his Jeopardy chances. So basically, mm-hmm. LeVar Burton uh, believes that uh, there was kind of collusion in order to kind of block him out from, uh, I mean, there was a huge fan response uh, when Alex Trebek died saying, hey, we want LeVar Burton as the next host of Jeopardy. So yeah, a lot of people were pushing for that. And which it seems like he seems like a good fit. I mean, yeah, and he was on there a yeah. couple of times. They had him as a guest host a few times. But then that uh, the guy, the producer, Aaron's, uh, I forget who he was, he... He put himself in there and then was pretty much immediately canned. And uh, I don't even know who's doing it now. Do you? Uh, I, I actually don't. No, I, I lost track because I just don't really care. I thought I really thought it should have been Ken Jennings. He's a funny fucking guy. Obviously, like one of the smartest people who's ever been. Is that the Jeopardy. dude that like won a bunch? Yeah, yeah. Right? He's, he's a Mormon oh, right, right. guy, but he's like a pretty leftish Mormon. What What's up really with with those kind of Mormons? Because there's that guy. There's Brandon Sanderson, the sci- the like fantasy writer, and then there's fucking uh, oh no, never mind. He's a bad one. Uh, the dude that wrote Ender's Game, Orson Scott Card. Oh, no, he's, he a, he's a terrible person. No, he's a homophobic piece of shit. Yeah, he's Fuck a he's that. a fucking shit. Mm. Fuck that guy. Um, mm. yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, uh, but in good news, uh, I guess, um, LeVar Burton will be back on Star Trek Picard Season 3 in a main role, and also, apparently next year, uh, he is launching as the host of a, um, a, like a video 
trivial pursuit okay talk, you know, like game show i guess so like jeopardy uh, yeah, I guess, but I, I mean, I, I think I mean, a tr- any kind of trivia show is basically just Jeopardy. Right? Kind of, I mean, you know, it'll have different rules. Obviously, maybe they'll have like Trivial Pursuit, like board game rules. Or I, you know, it's been a long time since I've played Trivial Pursuit. I bet mm-hmm. that, you know, those trivia games are one of the few games that actually get harder as they get older. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Trivial Pursuit. Like that's the thing is like I've always thought I was terrible at Trivial Pursuit because I'm always no. playing a game that's like uh, like 30 years old mm-hmm. in like someone's cabin, and I'm like. Who the fuck is Hollis Dinmus? Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, like, I know a lot of shit, but it's like, a uh, United States representative serving uh, Alabama's 34th district. I'm like, from 72? Se- How am I supposed to know that? I don't this even guy, know the current one. This guy died like three years, like 30 years ago. This sucks. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but that's Trek News. Trek News. For you. Hey, do you want to get into our Strange New Worlds discussion? I think we should talk about some new Trek. Strange New Worlds on the Enterprise with Captain Pike. We'll tell you how it goes and if it blows. If it sucks, we'll be screaming. Strange New Worlds. Oh boy, oh, new boy. episode new of episode time. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the brand newest of the Star Treks. Um, yeah. Do we, do we want to give like, okay, this is the first time in the history of this podcast that we didn't watch the episode together. That's true. So like, that's true. typically uh, I come into this with like some kind of an idea. Yeah. Uh, before to, we to, get like, to that, I'm going to tell uh, the information about the episode. So Strange New Worlds, episode one, uh, oh, sorry, season one, episode five, Spock Amok, released on June 2nd. 2022, directed by Rachel Lederman, who um, is best known for being a second assistant director for most of Battlestar Galactica and the most recent Lost in Space show. Okay. And uh, written by Henry Alonzo Myers, uh, who is, um, he's written one of the previous episodes of this. He's uh, the guy who was the showrunner for The Magicians. And uh, a lady named Robin Wasserman, who is mostly just written novels before, I guess. Which is kind of cool, like sci-fi books. So, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I was saying, mm-hmm. this is the first one where we didn't watch the episodes together, mm-hmm. so I don't know any of your takes. And typically, I know at least some of what your takes are when we yeah. go into this. So, I think we should share general impressions mm-hmm. of the episode. Britt, what did you think? I liked Brief. it. A, I liked it a lot. Uh, this is probably actually maybe the best episode of New Trek so far. I might say. Hmm. There was a lot of interconnection with a one of TOS's best episodes, um, which was actually a couple of them. Um, because I don't know if you watch much TOS, but there is a, a huge like love interest story arc between Nurse Chapel mm-hmm. and Spock, and this is oh. like setting that up. Yeah, this is like the seeds of that, which is kind of cool to see, and like they do it very subtly. And like if you hadn't watched TOS. You would probably not really get it, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched TOS, but it's been a really long time. Yeah, I don't remember most of TOS. Yeah, I'll be honest. Fair, fair. I remember. I mean, some of it. So, so this uh, episode like made a lot of allusions to a um, a an episode called A Muck Time, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll talk about that more. So let's let's just get into the episode. Oh, I got to give my take. Bro. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're well, just skipping me. You're like, that's, that's I don't cool. care. I'm just here to talk. All the whole time, and you don't care go, about. Go, go, go! <laughs> Just do it. Just giving you a hard time. Um, 
No, I, I, I liked it a lot, too. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I really didn't like the B plot, which or a C the, plot, there was, I guess. There was five different plots. Yeah. Which, which one are you talking about? The worst one. The, the, the fishing? One, uh, no. Oh, that one was really bad, too. Uh, fishing was dumb, but the... Nurse the, Chapel? No, no, no. Oh, 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 you're talking the, the, the lo- Enterprise Bingo. Enterprise Bingo. Okay, yeah, we'll get I into that. I okay. didn't like. But that being said, mm-hmm. uh, I thought the episode was pretty strong. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot to like here. Yeah, th- um, there was a lot in this episode. And that's that's one thing that I kind of wanted to comment on here is I kind of realized why I don't like a lot of modern Trek writing and yeah. what this actually does well and why I like this episode so much. Mm-hmm. So um, old episodes of Trek have maximum three plots. Yeah. There is not a single episode that has more than a C plot, really. You know, which which is interesting because, mm-hmm. like, especially in the context of, like, juxtaposing, juxtapo- juxtaposing? There we go. Yeah. Juxtaposing this against an episode of TNG, it really shows, like, the differences in the writing perspective here. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, or one of the things I was not super hot on with this particular episode is how dense it is yeah like there there is so much happening it was difficult to like take notes on i'm gonna be honest right it was especially compared to the tng episode that we watched Mm -hmm. this week which is literally one story yeah yeah it is about literally one story one story and it takes its time Mm -hmm. setting up all of the beats of that one very self-contained whereas this definitely and, and that's the thing is it's obvious to me that old episodes of tng were mostly just written by one person and punched up by maybe a couple producers or story editors. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Trek Strange New Worlds, even though it says it's written by two people, it there, is a team. There of are at least people. a dozen hands on this script at some point. And you can really tell. Yeah, because like, there's uh, a lot of different voices. And I think there is strength in that if they do it well. Yeah. Because that means you have a lot of different characters with a lot of different voices, people who are different specialists on characters. Like, when Ronald D. Moore came into TNG and then DS9, yeah. like he was the Klingon specialist. So, so he would write the Klingon episodes. Yeah, and even if he doesn't, he wasn't writing the Klingon episodes, he was there to be the supervisor for Klingons. Yeah. And so if you get specialists like that who are really good with certain parts of lore, I think they could really do something cool with that. You know? Um, there, there is potential there. And like this was pretty well organized. Yeah, there was, I'd say, one plot out of five here that I wasn't thrilled about. But grand total, they might have spent four or five minutes on that plot in the entire episode. That's there was true. a lot of cuts. I mean, yeah, a no, the, lot of yeah, cuts. and it, it is a very, very, very dense yeah. episode. So let's let's just get in because we got a lot to go through here. Cool. Spock hits a gong. Uh, so yeah, we start on the Vulcan, uh, what appears to be the Vulcan homeworld. Uh, Spock walks into a large clearing with many elaborately dressed Vulcans and bangs a Vulcan gong. Yeah, get he it bangs on that gong. Get it on. Bang a Vulcan gong. Get it on. Uh, exactly. His fiance to Pring, who we've seen briefly before, I think in the first episode, and also on Discovery, um, and on TOS, she plays a, a very large role in several episodes. Um, so to Pring gets off the throne and comes towards him. She points out that his ears are not Vulcan, and the camera pans up to his ears. Yeah. They're fucking human ears. He's like human. What the fuck? Yeah, and she says, uh, "Human after all, you know." Yeah, she says uh, she calls him a human and says she will not marry a human. Mm-hmm. She th- then says, "I choose Cal Ify, which is a reference to uh, the Star Trek episode I was talking about, which uh, was also like referenced in like Cable Guy. You know the dun 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 dun. Yeah, that awesome song when they're fighting with the uh, the baton things. 
Um, yeah, there were a lot of callbacks from the yeah, score. Yeah, and they actually yeah used There's used a- like the motifs in the score, and it was really cool. I kind of marked out for that. I was a big fan. That was like fan service, I think, done correctly. So they have Spock fight himself. Yeah, they fight himself, and he's he's a Vulcan version of himself. So the human him is fighting the Vulcan him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he says it's illogical to fight himself as he starts to get his shit absolutely knocked in. Um, and then they play the original song oh, oh, from wait. the Muck Time. It's so fucking cool. But yeah. uh, hold on, be- <laughs> right before that, mm-hmm. uh, Spock lets out an incredible line. My, I think my favorite line of the episode: mm-hmm. "Fighting myself is illogical." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love to see it. Oh. Is fighting yourself illogical? I don't know. Sometimes you got to fight yourself to, in order to assert your own best interest. Well, perhaps, but I mean, you know, Vulcans are trained to think like in a logical path, so. I mean, they're really in logic. Shouldn't be any like tautologies at all, right? That's true. That's true. Um, so, and that's why maybe he's fighting against the human side of him, the the less reasonable, the less logical side. So, yeah. um, so Vulcan Spock gets the best of human Spock, and right as he's about to fucking crush his head, Spock wakes up in a cold sweat. He's in his quarters. Yeah, there he is. Um, so uh, we go to a um. He's doing a, a captain's or a fucking first officer's log, whatever. Uh, science officer. Sorry, log. science officer's log. Oh yeah, that's right. Number one is the first officer here. Yeah. Uh, Una. Una. Um, so uh, he says after their encounter with the Gorn, the Enterprise has returned to Starbase One, which is uh, right off of Earth, um, for repairs and for the crew to have shore leave. Uh, Spock says he intends to spend most of the time with his fiance to Pring. I liked how they took last episode and just made a brief mention of it. And like made sense of why they're there, I thought that was good. That was good writing, straight up. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that was that is nice. Yeah, you know, that, that like, was very Star Trek of them. Yeah, especially to like build on that continuity. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Um, it, without being too serialized. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Like, they're yeah. just referencing that episode. Mm-hmm. You you actually don't have to have seen that episode uh, right. to understand the story in this uh-huh. one. But it's so. a reference to it, and so it, like, builds a continuity and, like, gives a good reason for why they're there, which I loved. I just loved that. Anyway, so um, uh, Spock says he intends to spend most of his time with his fiance T'Pring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then T'Pring rings his bell, comes on in. They say some really cringy romantic Vulcan shit, but honestly, it's I... kind of believable because Vulcans are pretty cringy. Yeah. I'm not huge on how they write the Vulcan dialogue in this. I'm not going to lie. Mm. It's it it's mostly functional, but like so one thing that bothers me a lot is that to bring they write her to like interrupt Spock a lot, which interrupting is illogical unless your logic logical intent is to inform someone that you are upset with them, which ups, being upset is an emotion which is not she, Vulcan. She does say she is disappointed. Which is not, I mean, not, I don't know. I think disappointment is logical, can be, absolutely. I don't know if disappointment is logical, but disappointment can be, can be under that umbrella. I'm not upset with that, but more that she's like interrupting him, mm-hmm. like that bothers me. It seems like, I don't know. I, I honestly didn't really notice too much. So, um, Tapring says the room they were in looks very human and it's hard to believe a Vulcan sleeps there to which Spock uh, replies that it's his quarters yeah. and he's redecorating. Now yeah. I, this kind of bothered me. Cause like do Vulcans decorate and redecorate often? 
Mm-hmm. Is that a logical thing? Yeah, that, that was weird too. And like, then she was like, I'll withhold judgment until you've finished your redecorations. Yeah, which, yeah, you know, I think and they were like, going okay. for maybe some humor there. It didn't really land though. Yeah. So, yeah, she's like um, being, I don't know, it's weird. So it's explained that Spock helped make arrangements for T'Pring's colleague and, uh, asks, and Spock asks why her colleague is there. T'Pring explains her job, and it does some really clumsy exposition here. She's like, you do know what my purpose is, don't you? And he's like, yes, and explains it to her. Like, who, like, yeah. a, a fucking fiance, like, a, a, a couple that's engaged, like, would it, not ever talk about what exactly their jobs are. That's not realistic you know, in any you know, way. Yeah, you know what would have been a better handling mm-hmm. of this is for him in his, like, science officer's log to be like, my fiance to Pring is coming to the starship mm. to, or she's coming to Earth to meet with a Vulcan to yeah. recover him for her right, thing. right. Well, so she's here to find a bad guy, right, right. So anyway, uh, to Pring explains that she re- rehabilitates criminals using Vulcan logic. Uh, she says that a dangerous criminal named Barjan Tahor uh, has been spotted nearby recently, and her colleague is going to take care of him so to Pring and Spock can prioritize the relationship. Makes sense. Sure. Spock says he still has some work to do, and she's a bit disappointed, but they can still have dinner together. So this is another thing that I, I didn't love about this interaction, is that, like, the dude, like, Spock is working. Mm-hmm. Like, she's visiting him, and she's also working. So, like, why wouldn't she be more understanding of him having to fucking work? Like, well, she, she's, not, like, she's not working, though. She just explained that. She, she came here, and her, her partner is taking care of it. Right. I yeah. guess I, I forgot about that because yep. of what happens later on. Okay. So anyways, mm-hmm. like her visiting him while he is working, like yep. he clearly isn't like off, mm-hmm. right? Like why would she be it, mad at him for working? I don't yeah. know. There's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, he, said, he, he says he has working. diplomatic duties. I don't know if they're like totally mandatory for him though. Because I mean, at first here, it seems like they're only mandatory for Pike and we'll talk about that. In the next scene, we go to a debriefing and Admiral April from the first episode. Robert April. Robert Bobby Bob. They Hulk call him Bob. Bob. Yeah, I like I like Bob. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, from the first episode is giving Pike, Spock, and Ahura a rundown of the Rongovian Protectorate, who control the space in between Klingon and Romulan space, uh, right next to the the Beta Quadrant. So this is way far out. <laughs> beta there. Quadrant. Yeah. Beta Cuck <laughs> Quadrant. Beta Quadrant. I think the, <laughs> I think the real Beta Quadrant is. Alex Kurtzman's bedroom. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, it's the quickest route to the Beta Quadrant, but uh, that but they won't let the Federation go through, and they keep on losing ships. Um, apparently, the Tellarites, who are also members of the Federation, who are closest to them, try to negotiate with the Rongovian ambassador, and the Rongovian ambassador just made fun of his beard. Yeah, yeah. I got, actually, like, I kind of liked that scene. The like, he's like. Uh, your beard is just as useless as your your negotiations or some shit. I yeah, like, yeah, and it shows what? like this video of this like alien dude just yelling at this other alien dude who has a beard. It's it's actually it was, kind of fun. I, it, I like it was that. A, yeah. it was a moment. So sure. uh, now the Rongovians are talking with the Klingons um, and the Federation, and so the Federation needs to convince them to go with them because the Federation Klingons still aren't allied at this point and won't be for like a hundred gonna be a long time yeah. it's gonna be a long road mm-hmm. getting from there you know i th- here. i have faith of the heart that it'll happen though me too so me too. the rongovians flew there in a solar sail ship for ceremonial purposes now this kind of bothered me because yeah they're they're from the beta quadrant which is like 
thousand like a thousand light years out. Totally. And so like and how- what what they've shown of solar sail ships in Star Trek have always been like these are like dinghies, like you can't fucking Yeah, they're they're literally they can't yeah. do warp speed. Yeah. They're pre warp speed. There's so... that episode of uh DS nine where yeah. Jake and uh Cisco go in a sail ship. Yeah, yeah. And so so they could like from the beta quadrant, it would take them probably like decades at, at sub light speed to do this. So that kind of bothered me a little bit, but I was like, maybe they just brought a bigger ship and they brought maybe, that, you know, maybe that they was like docked in the that, ship. Yeah, brought it in the so, ship. Yeah, and so out. because it's a small ship, so I was like, I can kind of excuse that, but like they should have said like, you know, they they got a bigger ship. I don't know. But they like make a point later on in the episode, at the end of the episode actually, of like showing that ship unfurl its unfurl right. its sails mm-hmm. and. It's all epic music and all that stuff. So I don't know. But so, yeah, yeah, I agree. So uh, at this point, um, when Pike and April are talking, the Rongovians just bust in and demand to speak to Captain Pike. Or more specifically, La'an busts in is like, hey, they're fucking here. You got to talk to these guys. Yeah. And um, so uh, Captain Pike tries to be really charming. And the Rongovian captain, Captain Vasso, mean mugs him for a couple seconds. And we think that they're just going to like fight or something. But then he like pats him on the shoulder and he's like, hey, I am Basso. This is Officer Brax, my like uh, cohort or something. Uh, and then Laan tries to excuse herself saying, uh, Sir, uh, I should go do security uh, things. I wrote that line down too. Which was, I hated that yeah, line. Yeah, it was, was soy. The, it was, was a the, poor attempt yeah. at comedy. That's actually going to be my second most, most soy moment in here. There's one that comes oh, later. Oh, yes, there is. So Brax, uh, Vasso's cohort. Uh, asks Spock if he's a Vulcan and inasmuch if he speaks for the Federation. Spock mm-hmm. affirms this and the Rongovians find such ideas of diplomacy confusing. It uh, is confusing. Uh, Pike explains democracy to them, basically, and how voting is a way to listen to all the people, which I kind of like this. I like when they actually like kind of explain the politics of mm-hmm. you know the Federation stuff, and it makes sense that it would be basically just a direct democracy, maybe a slight representative democracy, because the Federation yeah. does have a president and shit. But... That's true. But yeah, I, I did like that as well. And he was like, hey, look, it gets a little messy. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we try to do what's best for everybody, though. Yeah, but in, in he says, uh, we try to listen to all people. And the Rongovians say they listen as well as empathy is a hallmark of their people, which actually comes into this story later. He says, uh, we shall sit and talk now. And they begin negotiations. And he's and, like, and Spock right. is like, uh, now, uh, I yeah. gotta, I gotta go eat dinner and my wife's pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or no, sorry, fiance's pussy. Yeah, well, yeah, my betrothed's pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he would say. Yeah. Um. So, uh, next we go to Nurse Chapel in Ortega, who are arriving <laughs> at the sick bay uh-huh. to tell Doctor Mbega, I'm sorry, Doctor Lubega, uh, that it's time to go down for shore leave. Yeah, and they're going for shore leave. Apparently they have like a, uh, um, a an atrium, like a a grassy planet area on the starbase here. Yeah. So they're just like going down, like taking an elevator to a fake Earth, basically. Yeah, but it's a transporter. But yeah, basically. Yeah. And then like that's where the uh, that's where the Vulcan dude shows up later on as well. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, Doctor Mbega, Doctor Lubega, sorry, says he was busy collecting data for Doctor Baroa an expert in non-invasive surgical techniques who he's definitely not dating. Yeah. Uh, Nurse Chapel says she's, uh, like, Ortega then, like, asks Nurse Chapel like, who she's fucking. And she says she's fucking someone named Lieutenant Dever, who uh, is no big deal, um, 
But Ortegas reminds her that she said the exact same thing about some bitch back on another planet who ended up like trying to kill her or some shit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So uh, Lou Bega shows up in a dumb hat with a bunch of fishing tackle it's like a on bu- it. It's a bucket hat. Yeah, it's a bucket hat. Uh, he says he's going fly fishing. Yeah. And so they all go to the transporter room and uh, a bunch more people, including uh, Una, make fun of his hat. Um, Understandably. It yeah, looks really it's a dumb. dumb. Hat. It looks really dumb. So Mbega, unprompted, and I, I hated this moment, he starts laughing and says, ha ha, the nickname. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what does that mean? Why did he do that? He does it for no reason. Yeah. And then he's like questioned about it and it's revealed that uh, the Yale men on the ship uh, call number one, Una, uh, where fun goes to die is her nickname. That's, that's which not is a, a nickname. That's no. a sentence. The, yeah, right? That's a place. Like, you, you call a place that you don't call a person where fun goes to die. That, like who fun? I don't know. It doesn't yeah, like, make sense. Like calling it a nickname is weird. It was really dumb. So uh, it was just poor writing. Uh, I hope it's, uh, no, I wrote it. I hope it's not setting anything up for uh, later in the episode. And it did, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. So it did. Uh, they're all beamed uh, down to the fake planet or whatever. Uh, and Una and uh, Laanne are still on the ship, and Una is indignant. She's like, where fun goes to die? I just wish I knew about this sooner or some shit like that. She's like, I gotta investigate. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Spock, who apparently is getting uh, back in late, like way after dinner, and he apologizes to T'Pring. T'Pring is pissed. She goes off on him fucking Vulcan style. Like, yeah. live short and die. Like Exactly. Um, exactly. He's she, like, but... And but but betrothed, eating pussy is logical. Uh-huh. And she's like, you're getting human as fuck, and I know how those humans eat pussy. Cut to opening credits. Yeah. Um, Everybody's in trouble. Late, God, late title card. The credit. Yeah. Uh, f- I, I clocked it at 1445. It's the latest we, one so far. So far. That's like, I mean, almost a third of the episode for yeah. a cold open. That's nuts. Um, the credit scene, I got to keep on saying this. The credit scene is so gorgeous. It is such good CGI. It's a bit much for me. I think it's a little too gaudy. I'm not I, a huge I think fan it of would it. be perfect if it had a good fitting theme. The problem is the, the theme, theme is a mess. It's like bombastic and completely unmemorable. And it's like it, so. There's like two phases to the theme. There's like this yeah. opening theme, quote unquote, and then there's a later theme that happens about yeah. halfway through it. And well, and then there's like the very end motifs. The, the end motifs. I mean, like that's. I'm fine with that. It's just like. The rest of the song is so unmemorable. It is so forgettable. Like, I mean, that's the same with Picard and Discovery, though. I mean, uh, it's it's better than the Picard theme, but not by much. I mean, it, but the thing is, like, it's just as memorable as the Picard theme in that it's not at all. Yep. I, I couldn't sing you a, a fucking measure of that entire song. And I feel like it's actually, weirdly enough, a good metaphor for how they write these shows. It's like a whole bunch of ideas. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of crammed together. Some of it could be good, mm-hmm. but like it's just so bogged down in like, uh, yeah, it's so, so bland. So after the credits, we return to Nurse Chapel, who's in a bar and uh, with her boyfriend, who's definitely a douchebag. And <laughs> uh, she's like, uh, Yeah, you want to go fuck? And he's like, Well, I wanted to talk to you about our relationship. And then she and sees like, Spock ah. and she's like, I'll talk to you later. Bye. She literally is just like, Hey, later. Yeah, she pieces I'm the fuck good. out. It's, it's kind of funny. And they never go back to that guy. And they talk about him. They again. talk about him. So, like never, yeah. So, never uh, again. yeah, he's, I mean, he's like a red shirt, but for pussy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like, he got, yeah. He hit that once and now, bye. We don't yeah, see you again. So, snuffed out. 
Uh, we go to Una and uh, number one and Laon talking, uh, and they're just walking around together in the ship. They're like the only two who didn't take shore leave. Uh, they mentioned it earlier. They take shore stay uh, because they oh, like yeah. to stay in the ship. Uh, Laon tells Una that she's terrifying, but she likes hanging out with her and just working. Uh, it's kind of some dumb dialogue. I didn't love it. Um, then there's suddenly a security alert for a breach in Airlock 4. Airlock 4. You got to in- investigate. Yeah. And Laon, so they go down there, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Laon is like, uh, who, uh, uh, Bridge, Where's who's my backup for security? And, and Una's like, Ho, hold that up. I'm your motherfucking backup. So we, we're getting a buddy cop film, I guess. I guess. Uh, buddy cop in space. ACAB. So Una, Una and Laon. Yeah, that both, that both a, ACAB includes Laon, Nooney, and Singh. It 100% does. And that, 100% yeah, yeah. does. By virtue of that wharf. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's why he went to command. Because, I mean, he was a cop, but then he's like, this is without honor. <laughs> and, um, you know, like all... All cops are dishonorable. Yeah, there um, you go. Yeah, so That's the name of the episode. All co- <laughs> yeah, are all cops are without honor. Yeah, um, so, um, fucking. Then, we, we, then Laon. Well, yeah. The, well, hold up. Uh, Laon then says the worst line in this entire episode. Oh. That is soy on a different level. She. After Una says, I'm your backup, and they're buddy cops, Laon looks over to her and says, people are idiots. You're fun. And I wanted to kill myself. Uh, was it Laon that said that? I thought it was yep. number one. No, Laon said that. Okay. Um, yeah, I hated that line, too. That was actually... Hated it. Uh, hated I don't know if that's the one I hate the most, though, but it I was did one, hate that It was one. my personal soy moment of the episode. Hated yeah. It. So... Uh, we get to the airlock, and uh, Laon and Una hold up their favor uh, phasers and open the door, but it's just a couple crew members and like, like space suits. Oh, we're like, crew. Oh, we're crew. Oh, we're just ensigns or something. We just got caught. So uh, after that, we uh, it cuts to we go back to the bar, and Chapel is sitting there talking to Spock. She tells Spock that he's highly intelligent, but an idiot because he fucked up with his fiance. Yeah, he's dumb. He's got to fix that. Mm-hmm. So. She tells him relationships are all about mutual sacrifice, which is why she sucks at him. Because she's, uh, you know, she's into the 68. She's like, yeah, you do me and I'll owe you one. That's, nah, that's her thing. The like, 68, I like she, that. She hates sucking dick, uh, loves getting her snatch eight. Yeah. Deep space eight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Deep tongue eight. Um <laughs> Uh, Don't you mean deep tongue nine? No, deep tongue, because she's getting her pussy eight, not her pussy I, nine. I know, <laughs> I know. All right. Um, so Spock tells her about his dream of, of being like too human and fighting his Vulcan self yeah. and his fear of being too human uh, and that might, T'Pring might not like marry him. Too human like that game that came out in like 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That so sucks. They then talk about their pets for some reason. Uh, Chapel says she had a dog that like bit a girl who she didn't like. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, okay. Chapel suggests that uh, Spock show to Pring that he understands her as a Vulcan f- first and foremost. So Spock thanks her, um, and she asks, what are friends for? Which uh, confuses Spock in what I thought was actually kind of fun comedy. moment. It was a very, very Vulcan comedy moment of like him obviously not really getting human stuff. Uh, but then she says it's a rhetorical question, and Spock replies, I know, 
uh, humans are almost as easy to tease as Vulcans, which I really didn't like that. That was unnecessary. Yeah, that was unnecessary. I liked the just the joke of him not understanding a rhetorical question. That that could have been funnier. That landed, but then they killed the joke. Yeah, and the, that's a lot of the stuff with the Vul- with the Vulcan dialogue for me. It's like they they hit it a lot of times, mm-hmm. but then they make it lame. Yeah, there's there's a I mean, like, yeah, there there is a moment later in here where I'm like, that's just no, I don't buy that. We'll we'll get there. So. Uh, Spock goes back to his quarters and he's like, Pring, we need to do a Vulcan soul sharing. Mm-hmm. Which, um, uh, I forget the name for it, Cockra or something like that. It's, the, I, I kind of had a problem with this. I don't like this premise. Well, like, I'll be honest. Like, I, I was kind of fine with the premise. The problem is, like, they have explained in the past that this thing is, like, a thing of myth, basically, on Vulcan because it hasn't been done in so long. And the fact that both of them just know how to do it, I mean, it's not just mm-hmm. like a mind meld. It's not something like all Vulcans kind of do. It's something that, like, they mention in Star Trek, but no one has ever really done it because it's, you know, not a common practice at all. So I was like, eh. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Just how is this logical, right? I mean, I, I get it. They he he wants to show her like that. Uh, well, and he's like, I want to know all about you. I want you to know all about me. I get. I mean, it's it's like spending a lot of time together, having a big chat, and then that would illuminate like his fears to her about like being too human. I I, I get. I get it. It's like just, the, like the justifications were fine, but they uh, like what happens from it is just a little crazy. But no, one thing we got to talk about yeah. before we get to that is he comes back to his quarters. And there are so many motherfucking candles in there. There are like four hundred candles in yeah. there, and they're all burning. Well, it's 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 part of the Vulcan soul sharing. So it's like he, I think he set those up. But like they're there when he comes back. Like they were already there. I think Tapring had to have set them up, or he could have like you know called someone and been like set up set up a bunch of fucking candles and shit. Or yeah, he could have called her before him and like hey, we're doing the soul shit. <laughs> fucking set hey, up, set get your, hey, bitch, get your pussy ready. <laughs> Get, We're doing that soul shit tonight. Get your pussy and soul and <laughs> candles ready. We're doing the fucking soul sharing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I got a bottle of fucking uh, strawberry champagne. <laughs> We're going to ice that, baby. Uh, smoke a blunt uh-huh. and share our souls. Yeah, smoke a renewal scroll. Oh, yes, exactly, exactly. So, exactly. Um, uh, to bring consents to the soul sharing, um, and well, they, she ne- consents, all right. uh, they they kneel next to a candle and ring some bells, and then start in on a ritual. The candles go out as soon as they like touch each all other. All of the candles, all of the candles in the room. There's and like 400 candles in the room. Our candles are super illogical. If you have lights, what a waste of resources. Totally right. Yeah. Like, and um, what? Okay, where did all the candles come from? Where, where do they go? Like, that's the thing. They don't have replicators yet. Yeah. Like, they don't really. I haven't seen any replicators. Hmm. I don't know. Do, do they have replicators? I have no them? idea. Like I, I didn't I, even I think, think about that. I think we need to actually know that. Like that's um, that's kind of critical here. Yeah. If you want to start that, I'll keep on telling. To uh, keep on going. Um. So the candles go out, and immediately they both know something's wrong. They discover they've switched bodies. They've freaky frighted each other. What? What's? Oh, yeah. They switched bodies. Okay. Sorry. What century is this? Uh, this is twenty second, right? Yeah. So this is well, twenty third century because it's uh, the year like twenty two seventy ish, I think. Okay. Okay. Twenty two sixty ish. 
I don't know if they have replicators. Yeah. Actually, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll ADR it in if we figure that out. Anyway, so um, uh, we return to Pike and April, uh, Admiral April delivering some bad news. He says the Rongovians aren't happy with the negotiations and want to cancel all future meetings because, quote, a connection wasn't made. Which is like, Correct. it's like, you know, fucking Pike's talking to, like, the these guys, the Rogovians on, uh, like, Bumble, and, like, the conversation's going nowhere, and they're like, we're not, I'm not going to hit, am I? Uh, yeah. Block. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, I, one time, like, I, w- I matched with somebody on Tinder, mm-hmm. and, like, I was like, we're talking, and I was like, oh, yeah, you should, uh, do you, are you on Instagram? Like, here's my Instagram. And then she got mad and was like, I'm not going to message you on your fucking meme page. Cool. And I was like, what? Honestly. <laughs> okay. Honestly, that's a bad bitch. I'm glad she took a stand on your, your fucking meme page. I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. I never messaged her after that. I was yeah. like, okay. You should send me her deets. That's, uh, that's a good woman right there. <laughs> uh, so... Um, but yeah, they're like they don't want to hang out with Pike anymore. Yeah, yeah. like Pike was like, well, that went pretty good. Yeah, what they're the they're baffled because they both thought it was going super well. Um, yeah. So the Rongovians do agree to return to the table, but only with Spock leading negotiations. So we go back to Spock and to Pring, or rather Spock as to Pring and to Pring as Spock, and yep. they've been chanting together for hours to try to fix this shit, but it's not working. I mean, as you do. Yeah, I, I first turned to chanting. That's the very first yeah, thing when I, I have, turned yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. Chanting helps most things. Like, so. I couldn't find my sunglasses earlier, so I was like, sunglasses, sunglasses, sunglasses. I just, I just chanted that. Hell yeah. Walked I, around the room. I love that. So, someone rings the doorbell, and it's uh, they they have a, a tense conversation about who's going to answer. We need to get them to go away. And uh, it's determined that to pring as Spock needs to answer the door and send them away because they're expecting it to be Spock and it's Spock's quarters. So Correct. They open the door and it's Pike and he says, Hey Spock, Rongovians will only talk to you. Um and Yeah. Like it's it's mo- the scene is mostly it's fine. It's it's decently written. It's Spock like stumbling over forgetting he's to pring and vice versa and then like having I do th- I do like that they just told Pike yeah. Right there. They're yeah. like, hey, look, like there's some shit yeah, going on. And Pike's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, the, and, <laughs> and one thing I like too is like, uh, Spock's like, uh, it, we switch bodies, as you can tell, obviously, by our mannerisms. And the whole time, like, you know, to pring is Spock was standing like with their hands together. And Spock is to pring was standing with like their hands all the way behind their back, which, which actually was good acting, I thought, like good continuity. That was, that was a, a, uh, a joke that worked mm-hmm. in that that context like yeah. that that i feel like that's the t- the style of humor they should go for with the yeah. Vulcan stuff where it's just like spock makes a statement and it's funny because he doesn't realize that, it's well, funny that, that's the thing is like in all of the best star treks you always have at least one very strong fish out of water character who just doesn't understand like human and federation conventions very well mm-hmm. you know you got your, your original spock your data um, your, oh, yeah. your, your fucking Odo and your Quark and a bunch of people on that show. Like DS9 yeah. is great for that. Yeah, uh, you is. know, uh, you have Neelix and Kess and the Maquis on Voyage. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. there's all, all types of that thing. And I think they Seven should, of nine. Yeah, exactly. Like they should really just go for that. Make Spock the fish out of water. Cause he's like a lot more awkward later in his career when he's with James T. Kirk. 
Yeah, like he's become like he like he, more he regressed. And I'm like, what? He became no. less witty, right? So and less uh, prone to ha. Oh uh, well, I mean, sometimes things go so bad you, you gotta laugh. laugh. Ha! Uh, speaking of ha, we go back to Laon, and she's interrogating one of the cadets who was trying to go out the airlock. This is a scene where it's cutting back and forth between like Laon interviewing a cadet and number one interviewing and they're, a cadet. And they're doing the but, good cop, bad cop thing, and Laon is the bad cop. Uh, Una is the good cop, and it's fine. It's fine. I, I, don't, I don't love it. This so, whole plot line is so yeah, unnecessary. So I'm going to try to like speed run this plot line then. Uh, they revoke their shore leave and make them work for Chief Kyle and Chief Kyle's a fucking asshole. Fuck Chief Kyle. Uh, and then Una asks um, what Enterprise Bingo is because apparently it was mentioned in the interview and Laon is like I don't know. So we go back to Spock as to Pring and they have the exact opposite problem because at this point um, to Pring as Spock has agreed to go ahead and do the negotiations. Um, yeah. Like, and Pike's like, uh, I guess this is going to work. And to Pring's like, tell me what to do. Yeah. And so they go off with that. So now we have the exact opposite problem. Um, mm-hmm. To Pring's assistant calls her and says, hey, listen, Barjan doesn't want to talk to me. You need to talk to him. And Spock is to Pring is like, uh, I don't know. There's something going on with me and uh, Spock, and super awkward about it. But then the assistant reiterates their mission and pretty much convinces Spock to do it. Spock yeah. is like, "There's a musical cue that was actually very Trek at the very end of that." And I'm like, "Hey, it's conveying his emotions with a like a bumper musical cue. I like that. It's good. We yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. We do like that. I, d- do. I noticed that as well." Uh, so now we go back to Una and Laon, and uh, they have found a confiscated tablet that explains Enterprise Bingo as a game that's a series of tasks done by ensigns and below. Um, and, like, to uh, win the game, I guess, you have to complete all the tasks. Una says that uh, that's um, that she's happy to be called the, uh, to be called Fun's Funeral. And then... Fun's Funeral. Which I think is kind of a cool nickname. And then Laon is yeah. like, uh, no, it's uh, where fun goes to die. Um, and then Laon is like, maybe we should do the Enterprise bingo to try to like understand the little people because it's only like ensigns and yeomen who actually do this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they agree to do Enterprise bingo together. By the way, that's not how bingo's played. Yeah. That's, that's that, that doesn't make any sense. Played. Yeah, there's a lot that doesn't make sense here. Like, firstly, like no one like in senior command would engage in any of the things she's about to do. Yeah. But then they do some some silly little tasks, like they do a phaser draw, and they, like, transport themselves with gum in their mouth to see if the flavor revives, and then they have, like, a, a lift race. Uh, okay, so... So, w- when they're shooting each other with the phasers, uh, so Laon shoots number one, She's like, ow, that hurt. And then Laon says, and this is the line I think I hated the most in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Are we having fun yet? Yeah, I did not like that one. It and was, I was like, what was, the fuck was, is this? It was bad. I don't need this. Yeah. So uh, we go back to Chapel in Ortegas, and uh, they're bullshitting about Chapel's soy boyfriend uh, who writes poetry. And when they see uh, Spock is to Pring coming towards them, and... Um, uh, T'Pring looks pissed, and Chapel's yep. like, oh shit, I gave Spock some relationship advice. I think T'Pring's coming to fuck me up. 
Um, and Ortega's like, you never get involved in a Vulcan relationship. They will fuck your face. So to bring true, to bring uh, gets there and tells Chapel about the uh, the body switch, the whole old Freaky Friday situation. And uh, Chapel says she can work on a medical solution, but in the meantime, Spock should uh, do to Pring's job, and in doing so, help the relationship, which is awful advice. That isn't good awful advice. Awful advice. Like, no. you're not qualified in any way for this job, but you should go do it, because if you do it well, which is a real kind of outlying possibility, you know, it could uh, help your relationship. But also, like, to Pring as Spock is doing Spock's job, and, and that, that's, that's the whole thing. Well, and that's the fucking, like, justification she uses. It's like, well, she's doing your job, isn't she? And I'm like, Ugh. You're pushing her into a bad way. And then Spock, uh, Spock hey, says a line that I did not like. He's, this is coming dangerously close to hijinks. Yeah, I hated that line too. And and she's like, "Well, who doesn't like hijinks?" And I'm like, "God, if you weren't hot, both Ethan Peck and Nurse Chapel, I would hate everything about this scene." It's not chill. So back with Laon and Una, they admit that they don't love Enterprise Bingo, um, especially because Una got shot. But they are determined to finish the list. Yeah. And then the the uh, wax poetical. They theorize about why this was made. The game was made, and Una thinks it's a uh, so they can break the rules. Because yeah. because I make them, they break them, and it's like a rebellion thing. And I'm like, fine, like okay. This is this to me felt like very like lower decks type shit. Definitely lower decks type shit. They don't no. you don't need to wrap that shit into real Trek. No, um, like like have jokes in Trek, but like they literally had a plot that was supposed to be a funny plot. And I'm which like, the, no, we don't need that. No, no. like not I mean, unless it's like Picard getting stoned with a smoke monster. That shit's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or like that episode where, uh, of DS9 where Miles O'Brien ends up in prison in his mind for 100 years 20 or whatever. Years. 20 years. Yeah. It was supposed to be a 15 year sentence, but they put him in there for 20. Yeah. Yeah. And he like goes crazy and wants to kill himself. Like, if that... I go crazy, then will you still call me Chief O'Brien? <laughs> I mean, but you know, that's a funny episode. O'Brien must That's one suffer. of my favorite episodes. No, it's I actually love a really that episode good episode. So much. It's a really good Especially thing. like his his imaginary friend in fucking lockup, and so he good. kills him. He kills him, and then he like, but he's still haunted by him. Yeah, I mean, you can't kill someone who's not alive and never existed. He killed a figment of his imagination and was still haunted by and him it's, he until suffered. he tried to murk himself. And then Julian Bashir is like, "We still need to have more historical sex in the Hollis Suite, so don't quite do that yet." Um, I yeah. love that they like. Don't really bring that up again. Like he just like went to prison for twenty years in the middle of that show, and like he just tries to fucking murk himself. And, and then it, it's just like you know, it's the rest. He's he's chill. It's fine. Yeah. Now it's, it's yeah. <laughs> by the next episode, he's like, I'm mentally healthy again. I can do this job. This is good. Like I want to work now. I want to yeah. just go back to work. Mm-hmm. So, um, amazing the things that a non scarce scarcity-based society Indeed. can do to you. So back with the Rongovian negotiations, T'Pring, as Spock, points out that Klingons, uh, the Klingons conquer history, and Vaso dismisses this as an inadequate reason to not join the Federation, uh, saying that the Federation's interdependence dilutes all cultures within it, which I loved this scene. I loved how they were talking about politics. This was super well-written. This was super, like, Star Trek diplomacy. I really liked what they were doing and like actually talking about the universe in which they live and the material conditions 
of the diplomacy within it, which I was like, hey, that's classic Trek shit. That rules. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah I, did, I definitely didn't hate this scene. Yeah, yeah. So to bring us Spock uh, says that they sympathize um, with the Rongovians, and sometimes they would like to return to Vulcan instead of being in Starfleet. Uh, Pike, at this point, decides to interrupt the negotiations despite uh, Admiral April's protest. And Brax is like, yo, sit your ass down, Pike, motherfucker. You're here as a courtesy. Yeah. Um, but... And Pike is like, listen, I'm not speaking on the Federation's behalf. I'm going to speak on motherfucking Sp- uh, Spock's behalf. And uh, Pike goes on to like a rousing speech, and he says, Spock is everything that is great about Starfleet. Um because you know he is from another culture but he like embraces the culture of multiculturalism which you know i i accept i like that uh, it was a good speech i like that you called him Pac. yeah yeah tupac yeah exactly yeah um yeah. to spock um so uh he then excuses himself and uh says that they need to get out of there um the the rodin yeah uh, rongovians do um Although, before they leave, that they say that they're very impressed with Pike for sticking up for Spock, and they'll allow for a summation before they leave. Uh, yep. We go back to the shore leave, and Lou Bega is fishing. Yes. Mambo number fish. Yes. That's uh, it. That's yep. The whole, that's this it. Is whole near, plot line. near the dock, uh, uh, Barjon is playing some 3D chess. Barjon's the fucking hardened criminal oh, who, to bring, uh, yeah. can't, you know, has to take care of. So... Uh, Spock as to Pring rolls up with Nurse Chapel. Uh, Barjon is like, uh, uh, hey, what the fuck is a human doing here? I thought this was like Vulcan negotiations. You got to use logic and shit, and humans aren't logical. To Pring defends Chapel, saying that humans have sympathy for those without logic, uh, and that they should as well. So Barjon then insults um, uh, to Pring for marrying a half human and, uh, you know, He's actually insulting Spock to his face. Yep. And so Chapel says Spock is twice the Vulcan that Barjan is. Uh, Which, okay. Fine. Uh, T'Pring sure. asks if he'd uh, still consider rehabilitation. And he's like, nah, I, you know what? I, I was, was considering it. I was considering it, but, it, no. but you brought a human, and that's just a spitting in my face. So fuck you, bitch. Um, yeah, basically. And then uh, he insults Chapel again. And Spock is to bring just fucking cold clocks him. Yep. And uh, and then he said a cringy line. It was like, uh, perhaps my response was a bit too human. We should keep yeah. this under wraps. And Nurse uh, Chapel was like, I'd say just the right amount. And I was like, bam. No, yeah. didn't land. Sorry. Didn't land. No, back on the Enterprise uh, at Medbay. Chapel and Lou Bega are applying some ground sea urchin to Spock's face to do the <laughs> Catrick transfer. Yes. Uh, which has, he says, has become increasingly rare. Uh, although in the past they've said, like, it's basically myth. So, I don't know. I guess because this in the timeline takes place the earliest, I mean, except for Discovery, I can kind of accept that. I don't know. It's fine. I don't know. It's fine. But it was like, this scene is weird to me because, like, they just are like, yeah, we can just move your brains back into the other body. Like, it's chill. We'll just put these crystals on your head and it'll just do it. Yeah. And they just, like, know how to do it. There's yeah. no, like, 
there's no like searching to find an answer. And, it's just like, oh no, we got this. Yeah, and the thing, Chill. the thing that kind of bothered me with that too is Lou Bega specifically says, um, Katra's bridge the gap between medicine and something else. And suddenly, That's... I mean, I get that he's an expert in medicine, but he is not an expert in something else when it comes to Vulcan. So I don't know how he's so just up. Oh, we can do this. We we got we got we got a solution. Yeah, it's it's poor writing. It, yeah, and it's weird that like. You know, Vulcan magic could not be reversed at all by Vulcan magic, but they have, like, a medical solution to Vulcan magic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what would have been, a, like, in my opinion, a better way to set this up and structure it is if, yeah. like, T'Pring and and Spock got in a fight, right? They go, they go in a transporter, and there's a transporter accident, mm-hmm. and their their brains are switched. Yeah. That then could, yeah. they bring in Hemmer to solve the transporter malfunction to fix it and that's like the B plot as opposed to all this fucking nonsense with like Laon and number one so like get rid of all that and just have a B plot where they're just like trying to solve an engineering problem yeah I mean that, like, that, that would have been more classic that track. is a classic I mean switching bodies is a classic track thing usually it's done with a transporter they could have done it with more clever things I think they could they more could have clever but devices like, I think I, I would have like the suspension of disbelief, which is a funny sentence to say on a Star Trek show, but the suspension of disbelief would have been stronger for me if they'd used something that's like a techno- an in-universe technology that we're familiar with. It doesn't have to be a transporter necessarily, but like something related to that. Maybe like they're in the engine room and then there's like a dilithium cloud that they fly through that like does something fucked up to the warp core. on the dilithium cloud. And yeah. Like- they think they've switched bodies, but they're just high as fuck. Oh, that's like, fun. Spock's like, have you ever thought about why they're called hands, man? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really hand when you think about it. And Pring's like, yeah. dude, fuck. You know, that would yeah, be cool. Yeah, Pring's like, dude. We are one, fuck man. Fuck logic. Yeah, dog. So, um... Uh, so they do the transfer, and Chapel is like, they're going to nerve pinch us for this one day, and Lubeg is like, probably. And then Spock <laughs> and T'Pring scream and are magically transferred. Correct. Uh, Spock, now alone with Chapel, thanks her and says, it's a big deal, you stood up for me. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're laying some groundwork for a romance here, I think, which is cool. Back with Spock and T'Pring, Spock admits that he was afraid of his human side and his priority to Starfleet over her or his culture. He explains that he was ostracized for being part human on Vulcan, but in Starfleet, he's accepted for who he truly is. Uh, T'Pring, after hearing uh, Pike's speech, says she knows, and she feared that he thought her relationship uh, was just a duty to him, like his duty to Starfleet. Yeah. Uh, then they admit his their... His call of duty. Yeah, they admit their his love for each other. call of duty, Black Ops 2. Absolutely. So they admit their love for each other, and he hangs Dong and Shocker. Yeah, he does. Um, so now we are back in the final summation with the Rongovians. Mm-hmm. They ask why they should be in the Federation. Pike has a rousing speech. He says, They shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't, because, yeah. you know, you'd gain all of our enemies. We don't know anything about your culture, and we clearly just want your territory to pass through. And what would you get for it? New trade markets? Scientific advancement? Their help in a crisis that we would surely cause? You have good reason to be skeptical. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this speech. This is an interesting play from him. 
Basso says thank you and leaves. And that's it. Pike says, uh, then yeah, April, April's like, April's why like, did why'd you, you do that? Yeah, Pike yeah, says, like, I had a hunch, a good hunch. Uh, he says it occurred to Pike that the Rongovians were acting like whatever species they were talking to as a diplomatic tool, searching for someone to take their viewpoint. Pike actually uses the phrase radical empathy, mm-hmm. which is pretty sick because that's like a sociology phrase. And so they actually put like something cool a cool phrase in here which i was like wow. i like that as well um so you know uh af- after he says that the rongovian ship uh raises its sails and then they raise the federation flag so they they decided to go with the federation after all and Indeed. so they're like hell yeah ignoring the oddity of having a flag in space where there is no wind well, I mean, it's a solar, it has solar sails, so it's a solar flag, I assume. Gotta be a solar flag. Gotta be a sun flag. Uh, but they do establish earlier in the episode that, like, they, when they use this solar sail ship, they fly the flag of their newfound allies yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, and they weren't flying a flag when they showed up. Right. Before, so. So, so, back with Una and Laon, they're on the exterior of the Enterprise with the force field up. The force field does not create an atmosphere. They would die. Yeah, this, they're space this shit docked. Was super irritating. They're space docked. Yeah. With a why do they have a force field around their ship if they're space docked? On I don't get what. Can you enter the ship? Why didn't they just put them in spacesuits? They have the spacesuits. We've seen them in a previous episode. Just put them in the spacesuit because it's like doing a walk is not bingo worthy. I don't give a. Um, so yeah, and then there's like some some like so they sign a piece the, of yeah they ship. they say they completed the list and they broke all the rules um and then they see what they call the scorch, which is the oldest unreplaced piece of the enterprise. Um, apparently it's a good luck sign to sign it, and so they both do. And then above them, the uh, Rongovian solar sail ship flies over them, and that actually looks beautiful. It looks so fucking good. Um, so. Then we go back to Spock and T'Pring, and they are having some pillow talk after getting illogical. Getting Horner, massive Borner. Oh, they're getting Picarded in here. Yeah, they are. Um, she says uh, that she uh, enjoyed being him, and Spock admits that he punched Barjon. She says, uh, well, having met him, that's probably logical, which is a good, a good joke. I that's think. a perfectly a, fine yeah, joke. Yeah, a pu- perfectly yeah. fine Vulcan joke. I like that. So back with Chapel and Ortega, they're talking yeah. about her boyfriend, and apparently Chapel dumped uh, Devers or Dever that that cuck boy, um, <laughs> that dude from the Beta Quadrant. <laughs> yeah, yep. So uh, Ortega suggests in the future being honest in Chapel's relationships. Uh, Chapel says it'd have to be the right guy. When Ortega's like, "Oh yeah, who?" and Chapel's like, "Nah." Cut to credits. And yeah. so and so I'm wondering what exactly they're gonna do with this. I don't I hope they don't shoehorn because well here's the thing. So in TOS, uh, Nurse Chapel is seeing a guy named uh, Roger Corby, uh, who was her teacher, I think at Starfleet for a while. Uh, and then after that, she's like infatuated with Spock for a while, and there's a lot of a lot of stuff to go along with that. So I don't know if they're actually going to insert Corby in here or not. Um uh, or I wonder if they're going to do a Spock before Corby because it's explained like in TOS that Chapel and Spock have never really been together. So I don't know if they're ret- going to retcon that. I hope not. 
Well, they seem to be open to retconning all sorts of stuff. What yeah. with like Spock doing that mind meld with that dude in uh, two episodes ago. Yeah. And that's yeah, sort of which stuff. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I hope they don't fuck it up too much. Uh, but they didn't they didn't fuck up too much in this episode, especially compared to most new Trek. Uh, and the writing, like the actual story, I really liked the fucking the the main storyline with Pike. Uh, I loved that. That was all insanely well executed. Very Star Trek. Really like that. As the plots got less important, they got worse, uh, except for the, uh, I don't know, the C plot, which was the fucking Laon and Uno, which was just stupid. Yeah, I was not huge on that. I was also like, I, I, I did like the main plot. I thought it was fun. It could have been stronger, though. And that, that was like, it could have been stronger if they had slimmed the episode down and like, focused on that story. I don't yeah. know. I mean like but, I feel yeah. like they still did a good job, all things considered. I still yeah, like the That's episode, the thing is like but... they're writing it like New Trek, but well, which I'm fine with. If they want to go in that direction to where we have to have an ensemble cast and feature of like four or five of them every single episode, if they absolutely feel the need to do that, fine. But at least do it well like this to where, you know, most of the storylines make sense and are wrapped up by the end of the episode. Yeah, at least there's that. Yeah. There's not too much like hanging on that I feel like needs mm-hmm. to be addressed. They're, they'll hopefully never talk about Enterprise Bingo again, That's which is great. Oh, yeah. Um, I hope not. Hey, is that a reference to Lower Decks? Is that prob- that's probably, probably a thing, right? If it is, I'm going to... It's a shame. So that, that overall, was, I would that say was... solid. Like, yeah. Honestly, you know, Strange New Worlds has been okay. It's been yeah. it's been all right. I think I've been it's enjoying gotten, watching. I actually episodes. think it's gotten increasingly better. I'd give this one a straight up like eight out of ten. Like this is on par with quality of maybe an average or slightly below average TNG or DS9 episode. It's hard for me to directly compare them because they're so different in style. Very true. Very true. But as but, a Star Trek, but in terms of like of media, general and, and your enjoyment of it, general enjoyment factor. I I did enjoy the episode, and I, I don't want to come off cross too negative on it, but I really fucking hated that that plot, the Enterprise Bingo plot. I it really was only like five that. minutes. That's like, true. That's true. But it was, it was a modicum of the episode. I mean, they kept on coming back to everything, though. Like, yeah. there had to have been at least, like, 30 scene cuts in this entire episode. It was, it was a lot. Whereas, like, I mean, they in, in a regular episode of, like, TNG or DS9, they probably do, like, I mean, literally, sometimes scenes are an entire act. And there's five acts. Yeah. And that's it. You know? So, I don't know. That's true. That's true. And maybe that's just, like, my nostalgia for that older stuff. Yeah. Or speaking. But, you know, I I prefer the older style. That being said. For being in the new style. You know, despite my dislike of the the B-plots in this one, I I would give the episode, you know, three and a half out of five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's it's solid. Like, I, I... I've yet to be angry, truly angry at New Trek, or at, or at Strange New Worlds in the way that I've been angry at New Trek before. So. That's fair. That's fair. It, uh, I really like Anson Mount, man. Yeah. Well, it's that's uh, so much charisma. So that is all of the New Trek for the week. Yeah, it is. Holy but, shit. Yeah. We're going to talk about some old Trek. But before we do that, we're going to we're gonna do our Klingon word of, of the day. day.
today's Klingon word of the day brought to you by Audible. No, just kidding. Uh, today's Klingon word Excuse- of the day. Wait, did you just defame MailChimp? <laughs> you son of a bitch! Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the Audible lobbyists, they got to me. Uh, those Amazon lobbyists. Uh, today's Klingon word of the day is Kutmach. Um, which is which has two meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, the first meaning is the number ninety. Okay, and that is when you're looking at it from a purely logical sense of what the two words together, the word uh, "kut" and the word "mach" mm-hmm. together. If okay. they, you put them together logically, is they it like should nine be nine zero or something. Or? Correct. Okay. Or no, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm not sure actually. Mm-hmm. That being said, the reason why it is chosen for Klingon word of the day is it's. Secondary meaning, okay. which is a slang uh, for sexual climax. Hoot mock. <laughs> so meaning, the... meaning, don't stop, baby. I'm going to coot mock. Don't stop the oomox. I'm going to coot mock. There you go. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so what, one more thing about this. It, <laughs> I don't know why. It is listed here, but mm-hmm. there is another popular slang expression, uh, which means fail to climax. <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm not going to try. Fair. But uh, I love that they, you know, this is notated in the Klingon wiki. Mm-hmm. The things that have been said in Klingon. Yep. Um, I love that. Speaking of Klingons. Yeah. You want to talk about a Star Trek series that involves a Klingon as one of the main cast? I would love to. Let's let's heck and do it, dude. Let's do it. So we talked. We so we didn't talk yet, but we watched a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode. So indeed, this is, this is a part of the show where we use a random number generator to mm-hmm. pick an episode of Star Trek, a, any any episode of Star Trek televised, mm-hmm. a, a t- Star Trek televised series. Random um, number generator. Random number generator. Yep. This uh, this week's random number. Hold on, let me pull it up here. One eighty. I think it's oh it's 181, 181 which corresponds to Star Trek the Next Generation season 4 episode 6 Legacy, Legacy released on October 27th 1990 directed by Robert Shearer who uh directed 12 episodes of TNG including Measure of a Man and Peak Performance as well as quite a bit of Matlock <laughs> uh, Quite a bit meaning what did you take how many episodes did you do of Matlock uh, like, 15 or 20? Whoa. He did a bunch of them, yeah. That's a lot he of Matlock. He did a shit ton of Matlock, yeah. Um, I mean, there's 190 episodes of Matlock. So there's more episodes of Matlock than any Star Trek series. Matlock, also the person who posted the Q drops on 8chan's password for 8chan. We love that. Thank you, Matlock. Yeah, thanks, um, Matlock. So, so it, anyway. uh, and also uh, written by Joe Minoski, who is a prolific Star Trek writer. He's written like... 20 episodes of TNG, a bunch of DS9, a bunch of Voyager. Mm-hmm. And this is actually his very first episode that he wrote. 
Hmm. Uh, apparently, Rick Berman did not like his ideas, but he liked his writing. And so Rick Berman is like, hey, I have this idea, and I want you to write the script, because your ideas suck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could believe that. Mm -hmm. It seems like a thing Rick Berman would do. So we open, right? We have the crew. We have the bridge crew, and they're playing poker. Oh, yeah. As they do, as they, as they are wont to do on Deep Space uh, Nine. Riker, Data, Troy, and Worf. Correct. Uh, Data, obviously, the dealer. Um, so Data wins. Uh, Data wins the, the round of poker. Mm -hmm. um, Riker's like, hey, Data, check this out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a card trick on you. Before that, there was a great line, a great Data line. Mm -hmm. There was just an insanely well-written line. Fucking uh, Data keeps bluffing or keeps on like upping the pot. And uh, Riker says, uh, do, you have a, do you have a straight or a full house? And uh, Data says, it will cost you 20 to make that determination. Oh, yeah. Like, that was That's a great, such that was, a good uh, Data yeah. line. I that love it. That was a great it. Data line. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Data wins. Riker's like, hey, I'm going to play a card trick on you. And if I can do this, I'll, I'll win everything. Mm -hmm. Data's like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so so uh, Riker, he does this like long and convoluted card trick. He's like mm -hmm. having Data pull all these cards. Long story short, Data ends up with the card that he pulled at the beginning. The Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Which, and I mean, I, I consider Riker Jack of Hearts. A Jack off Hearts. Yeah, he's definitely jacked off. Yeah, he jacks off hearts. on all the, like, the, the fucking replacement hearts in Med Bay. <laughs> oh shit yeah yeah you gotta go in there yeah <laughs> it needs the Riker power <laughs> he's banned from being a sperm donor <laughs> um yeah okay so Data figures it out easily he's like oh yeah you just you know you watched where you put the card and then observed that and that's how you got to this like you know easily defeated this and he's like okay you got me whatever okay mm -hmm. Cut to, they receive a distress call. It's from the planet that Tasha Yar is from. Mm -hmm. So well, let's like... Camu 2. Camu 2. Camu 2. It's a, it's a colony on the planet, so it's not like the planet... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, this is Turkana f uh, 4. They were supposed to go to an archaeological dig on Camu 2. But okay, they, but yeah. yeah, they got that distress call. Um, so it's like, it's a colony that lives on the planet. So the whole planet isn't colonized necessarily. Mm -hmm. There's just a colony there. Um, so it's where Tasha Yar is from, and they head over there. Things get serious quickly. They're like, we got to get over there. We got to check out. We got to see what the fuck's going on. With yeah, this, this shit's about to blow, and they're in contact with the, the guy who's captaining the ship that's about to blow. And uh, he's like, hey, we got like five minutes left. And fucking Picard is like, uh, warp five. And uh, the guy's like, oh, make that three minutes. Thanks for trying, Enterprise. And Picard's like, warp six, bitch. And they fucking, they keep on upping the ante. Yep. Oh. So they make it there. Um and they're like they're like, oh shit, super fucked up on this planet, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's all fucked up. And they're like, the last ship that was here, you know, was told that they would that if anybody gets beamed down to the planet, they'll kill them. Mm -hmm. We're not even allowed to go down there and check it out. We gotta see what the fuck is going on. Um and so they start talking to like the leader of one of the factions on the planet. Mm -hmm. Turns out there's two factions on the planet. Um, so actually, before this happens, the 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 ship they were trying to save blows up. Right. And uh, they they find out an escape pod um, actually like ejects from it like right as it's blowing up, and uh, and I think it goes yeah it goes down to the planet. Right. Oh yes. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Totally. 
Um, so the, the, that goes down to the planet. They're looking for the crewmen from the ship that blew up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get to this planet. Everything's all fucked up on the planet. They're like, what the fuck? We were told that if we beam down, we'll get killed. Yep. So they, they reach out to the, the planet, right? And they start talking to a guy that's on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, like, these other dudes are holding your dudes hostage. Mm-hmm. Like, we are the, uh, what, what are they? They're the coalition. Yes. And then, then there's the, the alliance. The Turkana 4 coalition versus the Turkana 4 alliance. Kind of uh, boring. So, in the so name, Horde, right? the, the Horde versus the alliance. We'll we'll call the the coalition the horde. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm into yeah. that. I'm into that. Some yeah. wow speak. Yeah. Uh, George Corpse Grinder Fisher thinks the uh, Tarkana Four Alliance are. Uh, yes. <laughs> they, he thinks they are. Yes. Um, shame what happened to him. Um. Anyways, so they're like, "Yo, check it out! Like, we hate those dudes. They hate us. We mm. raid each other all the time." Yep. Blah blah blah. And by the way, the coalition's leader is named Hain. He uh, he actually invented uh, Hain's underwear. I believe that. Interestingly enough, yeah. comes from the the Hain big Hain's. Yes, big big, big underwear. Yes, uh, the Cotton Coalition. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually probably what they yeah, yes. more realistically are. Um, so they they're talking. They start talking about this. They're like, the crew starts talking about this. They're like, what are we gonna do? Blah blah blah. Worf is like, there are. There are rape gangs on the surface. <laughs> he literally <laughs> says rape gangs. He literally says rape gangs. Um, <laughs> there, there are talk of rape gangs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they they beam Riker and uh, Worf down. Mm-hmm. And they they kind of talk to the, the coalition dudes. And blah, blah, blah. They end up coming back. With some Terulian synth ale. With some Terulian synth for for Picard, like, give this to your captain. Let him get fucked up so he likes us. And then there's a scene of Picard like sniffing. The I know. Ale. I love that actually. He's like, hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's that's great actually. The Alliance contacts them again, and then is like, "Hey, we got somebody you want to talk to." Mm-hmm. And then boom, guess who it is? Tasha Yar's sister. Tasha Yar's sister. Surprisingly, one of the few Star Trek episodes. Where someone's sibling is not played by the same actor wearing a mustache. I was confused. Yeah, I was like, wait. I, I thought I thought this was one because there are uh, like two other episodes with uh, Denise Crosby yeah. after she died, and so I was like, I think this is one of them, and it wasn't. And I no, was like, and so that that was actually a nice surprise that they did not have Denise Crosby yeah. back here being miserable on the Star Trek set. The the person they got playing Tasha Yar's sister though. It's hot super as hot, fuck. super, like, fucking, super hot. fucking hot. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, so they beam her sister aboard, and I actually didn't write down her name, and I don't remember it. It's Ishara. 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 Okay, got it. Thank you. Um, she offers to help them. She's like, first things first, we got to map the colony. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna help you map the colony. We're gonna figure it out. She starts telling the senior staff about the history of the two factions and the colony. She's like, you know, look, like there are these two. We were one world government, and then everything got all fucked up, and now there's these two factions, and we fight against each other. Mm-hmm. And and so, like the big the big kind of crux of everything here is that the alliance has prisoners that are, are like part of the federation. Correct. The federation wants them back. However, the alliance wants weapons in exchange for the prisoners. Correct. And so the coalition is like, we can't let that happen. And uh, Picard is like, I agree. Like we're not giving weapons to anybody. And uh, the guy in the coalition, Hain, is like, well, I mean, we can help break them out, uh, as is Tashi, our sister, Ishara. And, they, and so they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely help you. 
as long as you don't give fucking weapons to the Alliance. Totally. And as long as you give us weapons, and Picard is like, we're not giving you weapons, but we'll take your help. Sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's after this that they get a message from the Alliance, and they're like, look, you have 20 hours to make reparations for the for Starfleet's involvement in this by giving us weapons, yep. or we're going to kill your crewmen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, fuck, we can't do that, obviously, so we got to go get it. Um, They start brainstorming ideas uh, for how to do a rescue mission. So now they're in engineering with Jordy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Jordy, what the fuck? we got to figure this out. Um, Data tells uh, the sister how Tasha Yard died. Um, They have like a conversation. They kind of get to know each other a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, LaForge locates the prisoners using a myographic scanner. It's rad. Yeah, Joey Joey DeMyographic Scanner. That's a joke for no one. That's a joke for you, Spencer. Laugh. Laugh, you son of a bitch! Uh, right. Sign of the hammer, be our guide. Leave the hall if you don't laugh. Exactly, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you know, uh, what do we do here? Okay, so after that, Jordy, Data, Worf, and Riker beam down to the planet with uh, Yar's sister, mm-hmm. Shara. Um, pretty quickly on... Jordy has like a tech issue he's got to solve. He's like, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to reroute this whatever. I'm going to go on my incel forum and fucking rant for 10 minutes and then fix the problem in the last two seconds. Exactly. Yeah. He's, you know, he's got to do, you know, you got to post. Up. You got to get your posts in, Jordy. Jordy's a poster. Oh, we know this. Big poster. Big poster. No likes, all posts. Yeah. <laughs> too bad. It's yep. too bad. He's got a lot going for him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a firefight with the dudes. The sister gets shot. Um, they beam back, basically. Um, sister complains about Tasha to Picard. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my sister. I'm, I stay and fight unlike my sister. Mm-hmm. And then Picard's like, yo, actually, like, Tasha was great. Like, I she... loved this speech. Like, it was so Picard. And it was so Picard, and it was mm-hmm. so, like, matter-of-fact. He's like, look, when I met this person, like, she was doing something really selfless mm-hmm. to try to save someone um, that that needed help. And yeah. it was because of that that I actually requested that she be transferred to my ship. Yeah. And I worked with her for a long time, and she was an excellent, you know, member of my crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and just basically, like, gives a very, like, bullet-pointed, like, very logical explanation of, like, hey, this is why this person was, like, meant a lot to yep. me. And to the crew. And then he's like... And he's like, I wish that you had gotten to know the sister uh, that, that we knew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it says uh, that uh, you would have been proud of your sister and her of you. And I was like, damn, Picard. Great Picard, right? You with your fucking words, man. You know, one thing about this episode um, that I really, really like is, like, it really takes its time with this story. It does. It's it, only one plot. It's literally only, only literally one plot. Literally only one plot. It doesn't waste any. It doesn't waste any time though. It mm-hmm. spends time on character development, and it spends a lot of time setting up like why all of these characters care about Tasha, and then their expectations that they're putting on this person purely because they cared about Tasha. Right, and as a bonus, it also spends a significant amount of time with Ishara wearing this bodysuit that has like oh, yeah. some sick camel toe. <laughs> Sick camel toe. Okay, throttle back, Haas. Throttle back. Sick. Data was like fully f- f- functional. Throttle back, Mourn. <laughs> uh, okay, come on. Come no, on. I'm, I'm on my Mourn Hub shit, bro. 
you know Mornby posting some vids to oh. Pornhub. Oh, not none of his. Actually, yeah, some of his. No, of his. No, yeah, but he's like, no face, no case. You know, that's Ugh. that's Morn's thing. <laughs> Makes him wear a ski mask when given the blowy. <laughs> nice. Uh, not nice. What are we talking about? Um, they start coming up with another plan to rescue the dudes. Um, Data talk. Data talks to Ashara uh, about how we can have friends. Mm-hmm. She's like, "You don't have feelings. How can you have friends?" He's like, "You know, I get familiar with people, and I, I start to anticipate the way that they're going to interact with yeah, me, and, and I, I miss I it." Love this explanation of Data's concept of friendship because it's like a very human concept of friendship, just explained in different terms. Yeah, it's broken down very well. He's yeah. like, "I become my neural pathways become." Uh, mm-hmm. You know, catered to be familiar with how they stimulate that. And yes, I, I grow to anticipate it, and I miss it when I don't have it. Yeah, uh, and she thinks that's very interesting. Like, Sometimes when I am alone, I masturbate to my positronic memories of your sister, <laughs> and she's like, "Huh." You know, I really, you know, they showed a lot of restraint in this. If this had been a new Trek episode, they would have gone into detail about how Data had fucked his her sister. Honestly, you know? this could have been a good episode of Lower Decks if they had decent writers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Data laid pipe yeah. on Tasha Yar. It is known. It is canon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Multiple techniques. Multiple techniques. Multiple tech decks, too. Multi- like, you, know, you know what's, ground cool? That you know what's cool about Data? You know what's cool about Data? You know, I, I love bringing this back around to eating pussy, but Data can eat pussy forever. He doesn't need to breathe. Right? That's nuts. Like, he doesn't, he can like, just He can go just go forever. spelunking up in that hole, baby. Yeah. Just never return. <laughs> He's gonna boldly go. Just gonna just treat that shit like Helm's Deep and take a like a three day journey through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, that almost <laughs> works. Um, that works perfectly. You shut your mouth. It was a battle that lasted oh, you're three on, days, uh, what not was, a journey. What was the fucking mountain that they went under? Doom. Is that right? No, that was the, oh, that was the mountain at the end. You're talking about the Mines of Moria. There you go, the Mines of Moria. That actually is a way better analogy all, all around. Mines of Moria, because it's like underground, spelunking yeah. into the hole, into the mines. Yeah. Yeah. Enemy mine. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. That movie sucks. That movie is a Star Trek episode blown out to a movie. God, it is so long. It's like Darmok and Jalad. Or it's like Darmok, but like. It's it's like Darmok and Jalad if like Picard and Darmok like got married and fucked. Yeah, right. And like, well, yeah, because uh, I actually, you know what? I take it back. That, that movie's kind of fun. Yeah, no, but no, enemy like, for, The first half sucks, but like once they accept that they're just going to like be husbands on that planet together forever, it yeah. kind of rules. It does. It, yeah. It's it's okay. all right. Okay. It's I an all right movie. Back. The effects are pretty good. Like. Yeah, it's the costuming's right. good. The I actually watched fine. it somewhat recently, and it's yeah. all right. Yeah, I watched it's it a couple years ago. Right. I didn't hate it. didn't hate it. It's all right. Okay. Um, okay, so they start coming up with another plan. Data can have friends. Mm-hmm. Jordy needs two motherfucking hours to retrofit the phasers so they can dig a hole on the planet. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, so in, so that's our setup here. Data, or sorry, Jordy needs two hours, so we got time to kill. So they got to make a big-ass cannon to basically blow into the, the planet to uh, get into this underground base. So they can beam them down. Well, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. And so they can't beam through the planet. For some right, reason. because I guess the ground is too thick. Or it's too, it's got too much of a mineral. Radiation something, yeah. Radiati- radiation Ra- Radiation something. is a great way to explain away anything tech. Like, they're like, ion and radiation, we can't do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll accept that. That's fine. Sure. You can do that. Um, Sure. So then they start talking to 
Ishara about her implant. She's got an implant in her chest that. Oh, um, she's got a couple of those. Whoa, whoa! Throttle back, <laughs> horn. You got to cool it, cool it, horn, horn. Uh, you're gonna become one of the horn. That's a Gorn reference. I don't know. Fuck it. Man versus Gorn. Gorn hub. Yeah. Morn hub. I need to be thrown in the horny brig. Uh, the Gorny brig. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is all bad. This is all failing. Just, just keep going. <laughs> so she has an implant that's like a, it's like a motion tracker thing that like will go off if she enters the enemy territory. So she's like, it's going to be a problem if I'm trying to sneak you in there, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we can get it out. And she's like, but if it comes in contact with air, it's going to explode. Mm-hmm. And, and then they're like, no, we can handle that. It's fine. Yeah, like, we'll make a force field around it. Fuck it. We got it. So here's an example of the force field keeping out air. So exactly. I guess the, it I doesn't guess the, create its own fucking biome. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. How would you, like, can you beam air? Well, that, that's the thing, too, I thought is like, why don't they beam it out of her body? That would make sense, right? Yeah. No. I was wondering that too. Anyways, um, so she, Troy is like, they have a conversation with Troy and the rest of the crew and she's like, I sense ambiguity in her. She is torn on her alliances, you know, whether it be to the coalition or to wanting to leave and she's talking about joining Starfleet mm-hmm. and data, or data, oh my, I can't believe I said data. This, data believes her. This is an allegory for uh, being bisexual. Because the gays are like, we want you. You can't be straight. And the straights are like, you're gay. And like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Um, so she's like, oh, I sense ambiguity from her. Blah, blah, blah. They remove her implant. Um, and then she gives it to Data. And she's like, hey, in case I die, you can keep it. I want you to have it. Um, they beam down to the planet after digging the hole. Uh, they're, they're down there and they're sneaking around. She shoots some guy, and then he falls down and shoots an alarm right as he dies. Mm-hmm. And then the alarm starts going off, and they're like, what the fuck? We got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. They beam Worf back with the crewmen, because they find those dudes pretty quick. And then they go and they go and try to find Ashara. Yeah, right? and Ashara is getting up to some funny business. Yeah, she is. She's fucking with a, like a, a generator. Control panel. Control panel on yeah. a generator for the their defenses, the Alliance's defenses. Mm-hmm. She's going to blow that motherfucker to the ground. Yeah, so like Data finds her, and she's like, I've got 3,000 troops waiting outside of the perimeter. I'm going to bring down their defenses, and we're going to kill them all. Mm-hmm. And he's like... That's my favorite Metallica album. He's like... He's like that's my favorite Metallica album. I can't let you do that. And she's like, you're going to let me do it. I have to do it. And he's like, I can't let you do it. Like, don't be crazy. Mm-hmm. And so she shoots at him and he dodges it. And then Riker is like, don't do it. And then she shoots at Riker and he dodges it. And then Data shoots her. Yeah. And then Riker goes up to his phaser and he's like, set to kill. That bitch was trying to murk us. For real. What the fuck? Yeah, and, and so there was kind of a subplot here that uh, um, Ashara wanted to uh, join Starfleet. Right, I mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so like at this point, they realized that was all a ruse. Yeah, they they kind of have a big talk about it, which is fine. It's not a totally interesting talk. Totally. Yeah. Um. So they they beam them back up. Um. And. Then their their commander is like pissed. So Picard's talking Pain. to their com- commander, and he's like, "You're gonna give me Tasha Yar's sister back right now." Blah blah blah. And he's and Picard's like, "Yo, you tried to trick us. Like, I what gotta the get fuck? that Yar. 
Yeah, he's like, I gotta get that yarn. And um, T O D A Y. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Picard's like, you know what? Fuck this. Hangs up on the guy. And I love I that. I love that. He's that like, was so turn off fucking screen. awesome. Yeah, that was just so like, funny. He literally hung up the phone on him. It was sick as fuck. He just fucking hung up on the, the dude because he was like, fuck this dude. Okay. And then because like Riker started getting pissed and he's like, look, Riker, I completely agree with you. I have the same perspective, but in this case, they're right. We don't have jurisdiction yeah. here. Just beam that bitch back. Just give her leave. back yep. and let's just get out of here and be mm. glad that none of our people died. Like, it's not worth it. And Riker's like, okay. Um, then Data is walking uh, Homegirl to the transporter. Mm -hmm. And she apologizes to, to him. And she's like, hey, look, I wasn't always lying with you. Like, I, I was pretty honest with you about how I feel. Yeah. And it was nice talking to you about my sister. And she says, uh, talking to you is the closest thing I've ever experienced to friendship. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Kind of like cool. Yeah. Um, and then... Data beams her back. Data and O'Brien. And O'Brien. O'Brien's there. Don't forget my boy. This is not O'Brien erasure. Don't forget my boy. We love O'Brien here. We do. Um, though he doesn't suffer in this episode. He must that, suffer. That's he doesn't suffer at all on TNG, really. Like, O'Brien must suffer. Though. I mean, he he must, but only once he's fucking, you know, the chief engineer. And married to Keiko. Yo. I mean, he gets married to Ke uh, Keiko on fucking TNG, though. That's true. That's true. He does. Um, so being back, and then Data and Riker have a conversation mm -hmm. about trust. They do, and I loved this, this was last really scene. Good. This was really so good. much. Yeah, yeah. It was so fucking good. So mm. they have a conversation about trust, and what what's so good about this for me is the the way they set up the episode. Mm -hmm. The very first scene in the episode is Riker trying to miss or Data trying to bluff, mm. winning, then Riker trying to mislead Data and failing to do Data. So. Data. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see data at work all day. It's hard for me to not. So you start seeing data at work. I'm not gonna do that. Fuck them. Fuck those people. Oh, well, yeah. Fuck those people. <laughs> but uh, okay. So Riker tries to mislead data and fails to do so in the beginning of the episode. At the end of the episode, data comes to Riker because he is upset mm -hmm. because he well he doesn't feel emotions obviously but like he is he's concerned and confused <laughs> because he has been misled. Yeah, the whole and, crew has and, been misled. And that he, he trusted someone, and that trust has been broken. Yeah, and he like doesn't know how to feel about no. it. So he comes to Riker to talk about it. And so, beginning of the episode, mm. Riker and Data. End of the episode, Riker and Data. Mm. And it's the inverse of what happened before. Yeah. It's just so and, well and bookended. Ri like, yeah, the, what Riker says is he explains that in every trust and friendship, there are risks. But without these risks, there would be no friendship which makes people what they are. And I'm like, God damn, this is good track writing. It's fucking good. Track this is such yeah. a well-written episode. It is not the most exciting episode, but it's very well-written and it mm. takes its time with the story Ooh. and it just and really then, like... Oh, and then the very last shot. Amazing. Yes. Uh, uh, Data yeah. is leaving Riker's quarters. Mm -hmm. Thoughtful. And then he looks in his hand and he's holding the crystal implant Ashara gave him. Which I was just like, God damn! Damn, roll and then, credits. And then there's like, yeah, there's like a music swell. Data's looking at it. He looks up into the camera. Cut to credits. <laughs> really great end. Like, great, just very well written, very well structured. Mm -hmm. All of the characters are very, like, uniquely themselves in the episode. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's written very strongly. Uh, Picard, Data, Picard, Riker. Data, and Riker, especially. Riker, yeah, yeah. Like, they're all very well written in this episode. Um, Riker says something uh, during their conversation at the end that I really liked, and mm -hmm. he was like, uh, 
he was like, maybe we saw more of Tasha in her than was there. Right, right. And then, and then Data says has an incredible Data line, and he says, perhaps I am fortunate to be spared the emotional consequences. Love it. Perfect. Of betrayal, mm-hmm. which is like that. That's just such good Data writing. It like is. it's it's very yeah we excellent. Love it. We excellent written, excellent yeah. written episode. So, so what did you think about this episode? Oh, it's great. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Was, it. I mean, it this, is, this is like a also, 9 out of 10. This wh- is like a great episode. Fin- oh, 100%. Yeah. I would completely agree. Four and a half out of five. Uh, totally. It also is a great looking episode. It's very well shot. Yeah. Like yeah. all the all the, the angle, all the camera shots, yeah. all the angles, they all look really good. Like the lighting's really good mm-hmm. in it. Like, and, and this is actually one of the few, uh, oftentimes... Uh, dirty people episodes of Star Trek are not that great because mm-hmm. they're just like oh, we don't have the budget for a real set, so let's just like rent out a small shanty town and like put dirt on these people's faces. Mm-hmm. And so this was a dirty people episode because like both of the factions <laughs> were fairly dirty, but like they were like tech dirty, not like That's backward true. backwater fucking civilization dirty, which I liked. I liked. Yeah. I like that too. Yeah, I like I like a good dirty people episode, and they're very few and far between. But this is an example of a great dirty people episode. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Uh, overall, like a super strong episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's it's an, a good example of why Next Generation was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially like uh, this season four, right? Yeah. Season four. I mean, seasons three through the end are all great, but season, season four, four might be the might best be my season. favorite. Yeah. It might be uh, besides like seasons four and five and six and seven of DS Nine. This might be the best season of Trek ever. Like it's, there's so it's many bangers. Extremely good. Yeah. So many bangers. I've been watching because I just watched like the three episodes after this. You know what's crazy is like this is probably not even one of the strongest episodes of oh, that it's not. season. No, no. But no. it's it just in a in a in an in a in a vacuum, mm-hmm. it is a very strong episode. Hell it's, yeah. It's Love extremely it. good. Um yeah. can't recommend it enough. I Indeed. highly recommend it. My favorite episode of the week. Indeed. And mine mine too, I'd say. Like it yeah. was uh as good as uh Star Trek Strange New Worlds was this week. This was even better. Can't, yeah. can't beat the classics. And, you know, I've got the nostalgia attached to this, too. And... Yes, we do. I mean, it's kind of hard to not, right? Yeah. Like, especially with stuff like this. I mean, we wouldn't, if we didn't have the nostalgia for Trek, we would not have it, this podcast. Right. Like, I mean, and that, that's the perspective that I think is most important when we're, we're saying, like, yeah, we're here to hate on stuff because we are kind of. But kinda. also, like, it comes from the perspective of, like, we just really like it. Yeah. Like, we're like, huge fans and, like, you know, when, when New Trek started, we saw something we loved being, I, I feel, kind of misappropriated or, like... Misappropriated used, is a good word you, for you it. Used, like, in ways that we hadn't seen it done before and that we didn't really appreciate. And I still don't appreciate a lot of what they're doing. But at least Strange New Worlds actually feels like a Trek show. And I feel like they really should have flagshipped with Strange New Worlds. Oh, man. We'd be in a very different place. We, we'd be in a Strange New World. Possibly. You know, part of me wonders if Donald Trump would... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. We know what happened there. Hillary would have won if they would have started with Strange New Worlds. Uh, I mean, Donald Trump, the reason for the eugenics wars, according to the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, the, the insurrections uh, kicked off the eugenics war, which is weird because... Star Trek insurrection kicked off the, the eugenics war and January 6th? <laughs> Capitol Hill insurrection, baby. Yeah. 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 Uh Uh, So yeah, that was uh, all the Trek we're gonna talk about. Yeah, I think it's time for subspace transmissions. I think so. Subspace transmissions. 
subspace transmissions. Woo! So subspace trans rights. Uh, subspace nocturnal em- <laughs> emissions. <laughs> All right. This is the part of the show where we look at some comments on the internet. We'll look at the comms log. About Star the Trek. The comms log. The communist log. Yeah, speaking of which. That's what I call my dumps is a communist log. That rocks, dude. Uh, so this was on a uh, a post about how Star Star Trek Picard season three is going to be bad, mm-hmm. and this person Janice Olinick responded and said, "Really, really bad? What is wrong with people? Some of us have been enjoying Picard as the series it is. We don't nerd out over every detail. It's television. If you hate it, don't watch it. You won't be missed." Cool opinion, Janice. There's a lot of people with opinions like this. It's it's such and a... we're gonna get to a lot of them. Oh god, it, it's like if if you like supported a band for so many years and they just started releasing like really bad music that sounded nothing like their original music, you'd probably yeah. complain. And you're allowed to not like it. You're allowed to not like it and like listen to it and be like, I don't like it. Like you know what this is like? This is like if somebody around the release of Saint Anger, was like, if you don't like this, you're not a real Metallica fan. Yeah, right? Some of us like everything they put out. Yeah, just stop stop harassing Lars and Bob Rock, all right? Fucking <laughs> don't don't hassle the writers. Like, I'm like what? Like, I can, like, I can send a, a tweet that says, I don't like your writing. Like, I can send a tweet to Alex Kurtzman that says, I hope you are mauled by dogs. And I might... Still have my Twitter account. Maybe. After doing that. Maybe. Okay. Uh, Moving on, Jackson DeWalt says, Then why are you a member of this group? We already know everything coming from you is going to be negative, so why do you waste people's time being a part of a fan group of a show you don't like? The third season is done. All that it needs to happen now is for it to air. Please spare everyone the incessant whining and just leave the group cool jack yeah. uh th- this third season is not done but what it's in it? it's in post-production currently is it yeah they, yeah they already filmed they filmed it back to back with season two. Oh, what that's why they had multiple showrunners that's silly wait what yeah that's insane yeah so they're all in post-production now i wonder if it cost them as much as because like start Fucking Picard is already costing him uh, ten to twelve million an episode. Yeah, I wonder if it's still the same. Because yeah, of that. I wonder if they actually saved any fucking money. Holy shit, that's nuts. It's pretty wild. Uh, Zach Roberts says, considering season one was very good and season two was fantastic, season three will be brilliant. Not sure how it will be really bad. Zach Roberts uh, belongs. He's a stupid piece of shit. He belongs in a place uh, where the uh, the walls are more padded than sheetrock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right. Jim Davis. Whoa! The Jim Davis? The Jim Davis. Author of Garfield? Author of Garfield. Order of Paws Incorporated? Order of Paws Incorporated. Trump one. Trump one. <laughs> Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> so uh, this, this, this person, Jim Davis, the creator of Garfield, um, who has like a... a, a Circle around his profile picture that says Trump won, mm-hmm. uh, le- left this humdinger of a comment two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
this is in the same thread about how Star Trek Picard season three will be bad. And he says to no one, um, yep, I agree with the last sentence. After watching season two with absolute disappointment, I expect season three to be more woke than we can possibly imagine. This is because Stewart has repeatedly stated he's done acting and has absolute creative control so he can inject his far-left politics. Ah, far-left. I thought season two was going to be great, but after episode two, it started to be cheesy and just over the top. I am probably canceling my subscription. P-plus is my last streaming service and last subscription to television. I am so sick of Hollywood's political agenda. I miss the days before they became elite Marxists and anti-American. <laughs> Senator McCarthy turned out to be correct and way ahead of his time. Wow. Supporting McCarthyism up in this. Holy shit. R.I.P. Star Trek. At least we have reruns from the good old days when politics wasn't crammed down our throats. What Star Trek are you watching that doesn't have politics in it that's being crammed down your throat because it doesn't fucking exist guy yeah it's all politics. like maybe spock's beard like the band yeah yeah exactly yeah. uh spock's beard and maybe like two episodes of tas about the cat people but fucking even that shit's political like what the fuck and also elite marxists yeah, I expect that, that is literally an insane contradiction. I expect more from Garfield creator and owner of Paws Inc. Jim Davis. But he thinks Trump honest. won, so I mean I mean he's already, you know, shown his hand as a dumb idiot. Yeah, Trump Paws Inc., if you will. Yes. Love that comment. Uh moving on. Uh yeah, we'll skip that one. Uh Carol Mays Trout says, I don't understand this whole canon thing in science fiction. It seems to me that the word fiction means that there are many possible paths. Thank you so much, uh, <laughs> Trout Mays Replicarol. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Uh, Christopher Acornero says, Loved Discovery all season so far. I support woke communication, <laughs> but I feel it was laid on artificially thick throughout. Loved all of Picard so far. I don't know what this means. I'll be completely honest. Woke communication. I support woke. He supports woke communication. Yeah, so I think he, he supports like woke messages, but he thought it was laid on a little thick. I which I hate, honestly I hate this usage of woke. Yes. So like if he was if he was not using the word woke, I would I would probably it, agree. It I think I agree with what he's trying to say. Right. Except for loving all of Picard, like what the fuck uh, no. is happening there? Like I I just don't uh, I don't understand how people can see like Joe Biden and call him woke, and then see like Antifa, an actual Marxist, and also call them woke when they. Like, Joe Biden has way more in common with people on the far right than he does with people on the far left. Yeah. And so it, like, it blows me the fuck away, like, that they just categorize. They, like, conservatives categorize anything that's not conservative and Republican and religious as woke. And I'm like, what? They're like, they yeah. see a, a black woman in something, they're like, oh, that's woke and political. I'm like, no, she's just a black woman and she exists. It's not a political statement. Her existence is not political. You're making it political because you're a bigot. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> this, this one's a lot. Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll just get into it. Robert Bush says, SNW was a good idea, but he was supposed to be the Boy Scout, the epi- uh, epitome of Federation ideals, but he disparaged them, disparages them every episode, it seems, instead of figuring out how to apply them like I'd hoped, LOL. I wanted an old-fashioned good guy on this one instead of another anti-hero fighting the establishment again. The recent shows all have the Federation as the bad guys or just dumb, and the rookies all have to defeat it to do good. It's the modern take, I guess, like Yoda burning the temple on Star Wars because the people just know and don't need rules, LOL. I'd watch the green slime again, LOL, and... <laughs> read some old-fashioned pulp fiction where the story wasn't always fighting against the government. It's important to question authority for sure, but the constant barrage from everywhere is tiring and I thought it was going to be uh, I thought I was going to get a break. The series is just starting so there's lots of time to get what I want out of it. LOL. I am so confused. What episode is he talking about where, where Pike is like I think he's talking about the first episode where he like breaks General Order 1. Yeah, but it's like a, a really loose order, and they do it like fucking. But they they also break it in the second episode though too. And 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 also like fucking Janeway. How many times did she break the fucking Prime Directive? Yeah, I don't know. Like I even feel... Picard breaks the Prime Directive a few times. Like, like okay, I, I selected this comment, and this two is before reasons. it was the Prime Directive. Selected this comment for two reasons. Firstly, yeah. it's like long and rambly, which is kind of funny. Also, the prevalence of LOL also kind of funny. Yeah. Secondly, uh. I kind of agree with what he's saying, though. Like, they do portray the Federation as kind of dumb in a lot of the new Star Trek shows. In, especially in Picard. Especially in Picard, Picard yeah. and Discovery. Picard season one yeah. was all stupid. Uh, yeah, but the they, they like, portray the, the Federation as dumb. And I don't like that. And, like, that, like you got to fight against it to do yeah. what's actually right. I, they it's don't like, really do that on, on Strange New Worlds. They're, they're moving away from that. I, I, mean, feel, look, like, Pike, I feel like the first Pike two ma- episodes... Pike makes his own judgment calls, but it's not because the Federation's evil. Correct, correct. It's It's because, you know, he's just coming back into the Federation after a bunch of trauma, and he's, like, still figuring out his own command on his own flagship, and there's a lot of stuff involved there. It's I think everything they've done with Pike, basically, has been super reasonable. I would agree. Um, I would agree. Pete Rowe says season one and two of Lower Deck seemed like they were puking over everyone all the time. Made a point not to watch it during dinner. That's probably true. I haven't watched it. Yeah, we've watched a few episodes, and it made me puke all over myself the whole time. So. Definitely. Which it kind of sucked because I'm in a metaphiliac, and so I just started coming as soon as yeah, you started it puking. Just started, yeah, just... puking and coming, and then it's, it's an endless cycle. Well, yeah, because like you a... lube up the the dick with your puke, and uh-huh. then you come and. The cum gets in your mouth and it hits your uvula mm-hmm. and it makes you puke again. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, yeah. it hits your ahura. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Coulson says, disagree with everything you said. Disco is better than TNG and Picard combined. Best Trek since TOS. Mm-hmm. This dude's got to be trolling. No one actually thinks that. I do, I do not believe anyone actually thinks I that. I mean, you know, he could have some very interesting brain damage. We don't know his story. That's true. That's true. Ken's Journey says, when available as DVD. Wow. Do they still release DVDs of new shows? I don't think so. Yeah, right? Like, is this even going to be released in physical format? I don't know. Uh, Probably on Blu-ray eventually. I mean, they, they, so 
they uh, they still haven't announced Picard season two on Blu-ray, and there's speculation it might actually not be released like season one. Wow, uh, because, that's because nobody wants it. Well, yeah, and also because Paramount Plus really just wants you to subscribe to them and not buy physical media, because once you own physical media, you never have to pay them again. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Which we hate. Oh, here's another motherfucker complaining about people complaining. David Blue says, why are they in this group? Why do they call themselves fans if only to slag a show they claim to like? May I ask you, how many TV shows have they written and produced? Why do they feel superior to those who have produced this awesome show? They need to grow up. So I don't feel superior. I just, yeah, the, no, the not at is, all. I know. For a fact, like all of the people working on the show are accomplished technicians and writers. They're just, except for like Strange New Worlds, they're just writing poorly. Yeah. And there's too many bad. ideas. They're not cram- enough focus. Yeah. They're cramming like fucking 50 pounds of ideas in a 10 pound sack. And then they're you throwing the sack in a toilet and puking and coming all over it. Oh, yeah. It's and, terrible. Yeah. It's a big metaphilia fucking just cyclic cycle, man. Yep, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, yeah, okay. So this is a response to one of the memes that you posted in Star Trek shitposting, a, uh, a Star Trek shitposting group. Um, there's a couple of comments from, from a couple of these posts I think are pretty funny. Stephen Cardi asks, another question. If Data can control the length and growth of his hair, is that true for other aspects of his anatomy? By fully functional, does he mean with added features for your pleasure? Yeah, that's a good question. Can Data grow his dick? Yeah, can he change the size of his penis? Is it? Does he have a modular penis? Can he remove it and put on a bigger dong? Oh yeah, is is it just like a harness? Like he can just like he has a he has like a fucking like uh, drawer full of dicks, and when he goes to fuck, he's like, "Yo, Yar, what do you want to get plowed by?" And he opens up the drawer, and she's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Any of them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. like, yeah. Any he's of like, them. I could use the 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 Klingon double here, or uh, you know, the 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 Vulcan speedster, or uh, <laughs> you know, the Neelix's horrific horrific penis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. David Edward Cooper says, I used to joke that Soong had to delete the program for contractions to make room in Data's memory banks for foot stuff and sounding. This was one this of my is favorite. Such a great comment. I, I think I replied to this. Yeah, you did. I did. Uh, it was like a data quote. It was like, uh, "Excuse me, Captain. Have you ever stuck a chopstick in your urethra? <laughs> the sensation is quite puzzling." <laughs> uh, so good. Yeah, I loved that comment. That was such a good comment. Yeah. Um, super good. I bet that guy's gonna listen to our show now. Yeah, he belongs I, I hope so. He does belong here. So now we're going to read some, I or not IMDb, but some Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to talk about Picard and Strange New Worlds. A lot of Strange New Worlds, though. Like, there's a lot of people that are mad about Strange New Worlds. Uh, and I think that's funny because, like, it, you no, know, it is not, like, amazing, but it is nowhere near as bad as, like, the other modern series oh so, like, absolutely people still being like super mad about strange new worlds is yeah. like extra so, funny to me what's super funny is when people are like i like picard and disco and uh lower decks but this strange new worlds mat, mat, woke woke and i'm like what the fuck are you saying like you totally. just like bad shit man totally uh so <laughs> daniel g gives it gives strange new worlds one star and he says it's an improvement 
It is an episodic and more optimistic approach, but still, the writing is very bad, and he has a different Spock. He never moves his eyebrow. Alex Kurtzman destroyed Star Trek. I don't recommend this show either. Yeah, I will agree that Alex Kurtzman has had a huge hand in destroying Star Trek. But I like that his main complaint is he Spock never moves his eyebrow. Yeah, a lot of people online are really bothered by uh, Spock's um, fucking chops. uh, Oh, his chops. Yeah, they are bothered by that. And I'm like, who cares? Stop. (laughs) Like, there's so many more things to focus on here. Mm-hmm. Like that—that that is a fine aspect of the show that you should not care about. You know what's the aspects of the shows you should care about, though? Michael B gives it two stars out of five and says, "Childish writing to push one-sided liberal politics." Gene Roddenberry would be so frustrated with how the Star Trek brand has been ruined. Famous conservative Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> yes, him. Famed yeah. conservative. Yes. Gene Roddenberry. Neocon, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Alt alt-right, alt writer Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. Now, if you said that about Rick Berman, hmm, maybe mm. not the most controversial take, but like Dick Berman. Yeah. Uh, Mar Marcio G says half a star out of five. Where the hell they took Mooney to do it? Please stop it. I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't. I don't get that. Me either. Chris V says, half a star out of five, unwatchable, incoherent with the culture of Star Wars originally. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't, this is no. completely incompatible Chris with Star G, Wars. Chris V is completely right. It it really is ignorant of the greater Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like, very ignorant of that. In fact, yeah. I, I didn't hear a single reference to Baby Yoda. Nope. Single reference to uh, the Stormtroopers. Darth Vader. Count Dooku. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jar Jar Binkus, Jar Jar Binks, Binkus, Jar Jar Binks, Bink Misa wants you to pronounce it correctly. Padme, Princess Amidala, they don't reference anybody. Qui Gon Jinn, Darth Maul, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader. That's the second time you said Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Yep. Um, this is go. over. Will B says half a star out of five. Again, Akiva Goldman and really CBS suck. This is not Star Trek. It's political propaganda dressed up as Star Trek, but it bears no thematic or spiritual connection to the original Star Trek or even the next generation. This is nothing more than leftists using Star Trek to smear normal people who believe in having national borders and who believe Ah! in the sanctity of their own bodies as anti-vaxxer weirdos, undesirables, racists, and fascists. It's disgusting, and shame on Patrick Stewart for being part of it. I loved that review. It was good. Wow. (laughs) Like... Imagine having that take. It's Imagine, like, yeah, having like politics like that, uh-huh. and still watching all the way through, just like angry baiting the whole time. Like the only uh, reason we were angry baiting the whole uh, time is because we love Star Trek, and like, and we're like, why? Yeah, and I'm like, this is just bad writing. Like, I don't care about the political message. I actually agree with most of the political messages in New Trek. Very They're just bad. mishandled. Very mishandled. They're yeah. just like they just fumble that fucking ball all over the place. 
It's oh god. It's it's like the story of the story of the story of Everest with how they're fumbling that shit. So we have one more mm-hmm. for today. Uh, this is another review. This is a review of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Yep. And this person, Michael J, gave it half a star out of five. Michael and said, J. Fox. Michael J. Fox gave it half a star out of five. It said, "Quote: Getting tired of the angry lesbian haircuts." Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Well, that's that. Now that it's time that. for the red shirt obituary. Yeah, it is. Will the away team was in a pinch and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember Lieutenant Robert Tomlinson, uh-huh. a phaser control specialist aboard the Enterprise A under James T. Kirk. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Tomlinson succumbed to injuries sustained due to exposure to phaser coolant during a Romulan attack. Damn. Tomlinson, That's a way to go. Tomlinson is survived by a widow whom Kirk comforted at the end of the episode. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Rest in peace, Lieutenant Robert Tomlinson, and thanks for your sacrifice to the greater good, I guess. Oh my god, we finally finished this episode of Soy Trek. We made it all the way through. Thanks for joining us, people. Yeah, you know, if you'd like to call us and leave us a voicemail and tell us why we are wrong or stupid or, or bad. Or if you like the show and want to just no, shout out. Oh no, only call if you hate us. I'm joking. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you can call us if you like us, too. That's cool. But yeah, if you want to call us and leave us voicemails, we appreciate that. That's always fun. Uh, we, we like to play those on our shows. Uh, if you want to call us, we have a phone number. It's 425-310-2416. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, and with that... Uh... With that, it's time to take us out of here. It certainly is. You ready to do this? Mm -hmm. Captain's Log, Supplemental. It looks like that's all, and it's time for us to warp away. Be well, travel safe, and as Ferengi Rule of Acquisition number 229 says, Latinum lasts longer than lust. Hang Hang dong and shocker! shocker!